master enterprise and I ain't have to be in school by 10. I've been began to encounter with my counter parts of how to burn the block apart. Break it down into sections. Drugs by these selections. Some use pipes, others use injections. Syringe sold separately. Frank the deputy. Quick to grab my Smith and Wesson like my dick was missing. To protect my position. My corner, my layer. While we out here, say the hustler's prayer. If the game shakes me or breaks me, I hope it makes me a better man. Take a better stand. Put money in my mom's hand. Get my daughter this college plan so she don't need no man. Stay far from timid. was young, I had two pair of leaves. Besides that, the pinstripes and the gray. Uh -huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh -huh. While niggas flirt, I'm throwing tigers on my shirt and alligators. Uh -huh. You want to see the inside, huh? I'll see you later. Here come the drama. Oh, that's that nigga with the fake. Uh -huh. Wow, why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place. Play your position. Uh -huh. Here come my intuition. Uh -huh. Go in this nigga pocket. Rob him while his friends watch it. That hoes clock it. Uh -huh. Here comes respect. Cruise your crew, or they might be next. Look at they man, I big man, they never try. So we roll with them, uh, stole with them. I mean, loyalty. Niggas bought me milks at lunch, the milks with chocolate, the cookies, butter crunch. Shell at the tip of your melon, clear the space. Your 
master enterprise and I ain't have to be in school by 10. I've been, began to encounter with my counterparts on how to burn the block apart. Break it down into sections, drugs by these selections. Some use pipes, others use injections. Serene sold separately, Frank the deputy. Quick to grab my Smith & Wesson like my dick was missing. To protect my position, I'll corner my layer. While we out here, say the hustler's prayer. If the game shakes me or breaks me, I hope it makes me a better man. Take a better stand, put money in my mom's hand. Get my daughter this college plan, so she don't need no man. Stay far from timid, only make moves when your heart's in it. And live the phrase, God's the limit. was young, I had two pair of leaves. Besides that, the pinstripes and the gray. Uh -huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh -huh. While niggas flirt, I'm sewing tigers on my shirt and alligators. Uh -huh. You want to see the inside, huh? I'll see you later. They come the drama. Oh, that's that nigga with the fake. Uh -huh. Wow, why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place. Play your position. Uh -huh. Here come my intuition. Uh -huh. Go in this nigga pocket. Rob him all his friends watch it. That hoes clock it. Uh -huh. Here comes respect. His crew's your crew, or they might be next. Look at they man, ah, big man, they never try. So we roll with them, uh, stole with them. I mean loyalty. Niggas bought me milks at lunch. The milks with chocolate, the cookies, butter crunch, 88. Shell at the tip of your melon, clear the space. Your 
enterprise and I ain't have to be in school by 10. I then began to encounter with my counterparts on how to burn the block apart. Break it down into sections, drugs by these selections. Some use pipes, others use injections. Serene sold separately, Frank the deputy. Quick to grab my Smith & Wesson like my dick was missing. To protect my position, I'll corner my layer. While we out here, say the hustler's prayer. If the game shakes me or breaks me, I hope it makes me a better man. Take a better stand, put money in my mom's hand. Get my daughter this college plan, so she don't need no man. Stay far from timid, only make moves when your heart's in it. And live the free sky's the limit. was young, I had two pair of leaves. Besides that, the pinstripes and the gray. Uh -huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh -huh. My niggas flirt, I'm sewing tigers on my shirt. And alligators, uh -huh. you wanna see the inside? Huh? I see you later, here come the drama. Oh, that's that nigga with the fake? Uh -huh. Wow, why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place, play your position. Uh -huh. Here come my intuition. Uh -huh. Go in this nigga pocket, rob him while his friends watch it. That hoes clock it, uh -huh. here comes respect. His crew's your crew, or they might be next. Look at they man eye. Big man, they never try. So we roll with them, uh, stole with them. I mean loyalty. Niggas bought me milks at lunch. The milks with chocolate. The cookies, butter crunch. 88. I forgot to turn the humidifier off, but it gave me some nice entrance smoke, I guess. Ah, well, ladies and gentlemen, my sinuses have not gotten any better, but the show must go on. So, without any further ado, um, obviously, I say this all the time, I'm going to say it again. If you see me mute and go black screen, 
it's not a Tony Khan production fuck up. It's probably just me blowing my nose, if you can't tell. But I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready to go, man. And I'm excited. We got a jam-packed episode of the news here today for you guys, man. We got we're gonna start you guys off with the world's end review. Then after that, we are going to go into the News, and boy, we have a lot of news, man. Kevin Dunn leaving WWE, Mercedes Monet, and talks with WWE have fizzled out. Um, Chris Jericho rumors and allegations against him. Crazy, crazy stuff. Um, Crazy stuff to unpack there. Nothing, obviously, for sure yet, but we got news on that. We got news on Tony Khan. Um... We got news on Tony Khan's uh, response to uh, when being asked about said allegations. Um, We got news on Trinity, man. We got news on Money in the Bank 2024. We got a bunch of news here today for you guys, man. But without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into it, man. So with that, what is going on, everybody? We are back with yet again another edition of the Notorious Heels podcast and another edition of the news man um and with that with that um if this is your first time watching you guys do not know how the show works every monday we are on here with notorious unscripted after monday Night raw and every friday we are on here with the news at 4 p.m central man um also man if you guys did miss this past wednesday's edition of the year-end awards those are not available yet but they will be through the weekend, I will definitely have both of these episodes up for you guys, man. So, yes, they're not available yet. I apologize for that, but they will be available soon. But if you guys did miss the year-end awards, those are available on the YouTube page for you guys, man. Truly one of our best shows out of the year and one of my favorite, one of my personal favorite shows to do out of the year, man. It was a great, great, great night uh, getting chatted up with you guys, uh, talk some year-end awards, talk about... Who won what category and why we thought they won said category, man. And uh, it was a great show. They always turn out great. I always love how they turn out. Um, So always one of my favorite shows to produce, man. So, yeah, man, I love it. I love it, man. And I hope you guys loved it, too. Um, but if you guys do want to find us on all platforms, that is Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And if you want to see first, join us right here. Like I said, every Monday after Monday Night Raw and every Friday at 4 p.m. Central for the news, man. Also, if you guys have not got a chance to get your hands on some of the official Notorious Seals podcast merchandise, you guys can now find this live on the merch shop. That is bonfire.com. Link is at the top of the description of this very video and in either mine or Circa's social media pages, man. You have the Chicago flag design. You got the Uncrowned Kings of the IWC, the Biggie-inspired design. You got the base logo design, the Riddler-inspired IWC's best-kept secret design. The Notorious World Order design, that comes in three versions. The Chicago flag version, like you see on your screen. The classic black and white and the Wolfpack red. You got the Grand Slam design, the Scratch logo, and the only community that matters. All eight of these beautiful designs and more are available for you guys live on the merch shop. Again, that is bonfire.com. Link is at the top of the description of this very video, man. Also, if this is your first time watching, guys, do not know who we are here at the Notorious Hills Podcast. I am Johnny Mayhem, one half of the host of this very show. And as for the other half of the show, we got my man Sir K here. How the hell are you, man? 
Going good, man. Going good. The half part might be pushing it to some people, man. But I think so. overall, I'm doing good, man. Just been uh, just been chilling out, man. Had a pretty good, pretty good day. Just chilling out, um, waiting for the upcoming Royal Rumble and everything that that entails, man. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that. But other than that, man, I'm pretty good, man. I'm pretty good. Just been chilling out and um been pretty pretty normal lately man but like Durante always asked man how's life how's family life's good man how is everybody doing in the live chat and in the replay and what about you man how are you doing today him yeah other than other than my nose um being uh, absolutely having god tier uh, levels of nasal congestion i'm doing all right bro i'm doing all right but i i'm for real though you know first couple days first couple days dude horrible uh throat congestion throat uh throat ache dude you're you're a motherfucker uh horrible throat ache horrible throat congestion and um Yesterday, it was a lot of chest pains, a lot of chest pains, and today, dude, the nose just will not stop fucking, oh, it won't stop, bro. So, but other than that, I don't feel sick at all. Usually when I get sick, I lose smell and taste, and, uh, you know, usually I can't can't really taste what I'm eating. It, it's It's been like that my whole entire life. Just every time I got sick, I usually kind of lose that, but I still have all that, Um, so... Yeah, but other than that, other than literally other than that, um, I'm fine, dude. I'm fine. Getting into the new year, getting into Royal Rumble season. Um getting into Royal Rumble season, bro. So there's that. Um that's exciting, as always. As always, love the Royal Rumble. Um when I think about this time last year, dude, it was such a special time, bro. Um mm-hmm. getting to see, you know, uh Roman Reigns and, and Sami Zayn kinda you know, show us a lot of their chemistry and Sami Zayn. Like, we were getting down to the nitty-gritty with Sami Zayn and the bloodline around this time last year. Um, and it was it was it was amazing, man. It was amazing. Um there's uh three, actually three very important important birthday shout outs for today. First first man, um my cousin in law, Alex. So shout out to him. Shout out to him. Uh, our birthday. Our boy Bulk Jose. Oh, yes, it is his birthday. birthday. As well as as well as mine and Sergey's bigger sister, Danielle, bro. So happy birthday to those three. Happy birthday. Yeah, man. It's a it's a it's a loaded day for birthdays, man. It's a loaded day for birthdays for sure. But yeah, three three very, very special birthdays today. So shouts out to them and happy birthday to them. Um also wanna just say yeet, as you can see by the shirt. So shout out to Mr. Jaybird. Um, wherever yeet. he may be. Um so, so World's and oh I didn't even get to, as Durante always asks, I'm good, family's good, what about you Durante, Anthony, I told you Anthony, Bell, 
and JT. How the hell are you guys, man? How the hell are you guys doing? And um, thank you guys for being here, whether you're here live, whether you're going to be here in a little bit, or whether you're a part of the Replay Mafia. Thank you guys for being here. And thank you guys, man. We love you guys. Um, Anthony gives out a prediction, man. He says, she's definitely coming to the Royal Rumble. I'm assuming you're talking about Mercedes. And we'll definitely get to it, but... I, I hope so, and honestly, I could see it, and we'll get to why. Uh, Bell says, hi, guys. Hey. Um, at this point with Mercedes, I'm not believing anything about where she's going until her music hits, wherever that will be. Uh, everything else is just noise, and only Mercedes knows where she's going uh, by launching the bid, bidding war of 2024 to quote MJF. 100%. 100%. Yeah, 100%. I mean, at this point, dude, I'm so tired of these dirt sheets saying, oh, they're not talking to Triple H and they're not talking to WWE and they, they, they fucking come out. The same thing happened with two of the biggest stars in the modern era, Bray Wyatt, CM Punk. Those Ooh. are your those are your two biggest examples of, oh, they haven't even talked. And sure enough, they signed a whole ass Ooh. deal. But like with Wyatt, they said no talks whatsoever. And later that same night, he returned like, come on, dog. The only people who are going to know who the honestly, the only fucking people who are going to know if these talks happened is fucking Triple H and T-Mobile or whoever the fuck or whoever the fuck Triple H uh, gets his phone carrier service from that can look up his fucking phone history because I mean, obviously to like Nick Khan and stuff like that. But honestly, those are the only people that are going to fucking know, because as we have come to figure out, as we've come to figure out, um, Triple H, if he wants to keep a secret, he can keep a fucking secret. You know, and that's one thing I love about Triple H, you know, as opposed to here we go, um, as opposed to Tony Khan, this man just it almost seems like he purposely leaks his shit for no reason to ruin a good surprise. Just so people tune in just so you can get the numbers looking good. It's like, dude, save for the moment. That's what you used to do. That's why people would tune in for the moments. It's like you're. I don't get it. Like, uh, you know, obviously all out 2021, we knew Brian was coming in, but like Adam Cole, nobody had a clue about Adam Cole. Nobody had a fucking clue about Adam Cole. And if we did, the moment would have been less special because when that, when those lights went out, everybody expected Danielson and it was fucking Adam Cole. And that like absolutely tore the roof off the place. And then Brian came out just a few short seconds later and absolutely tore the other roof off the fucking place. You know what I mean? So like Tony Khan does that kind of stuff and I absolutely hate it. Keep a surprise, do it for the moment, add that level of unpredictability to your programming. Because if you add that level of unpredictability, people will always tune in, be just in fear of missing something. Exactly. It works every time. I don't know why he doesn't think about that. Seriously, bro. Let your fans do your rumbling. Get people mm-hmm. to tune in. You know, and that's and you're fucking you're off. You know? Um, I don't know, man, but 
Speaking of Tony Khan, uh, but we will get to Mercedes in a moment. Trust me, we we got some stuff to talk about with Mercedes. Um, and of course, the homie JT. What is going on, bro? Mm-hmm. What is going on? I'm doing good, bro. I'm doing good. How about yourself? And it seems like you're sitting in the same boat I am, man. So I hate being sick. I fucking hate it so much. I hate it so much. I, I tried to work out uh, two days ago, Wednesday. Like I said, when I was having uh, um, when I was having uh, uh, throat ache and a little bit of chest pains, and by God, on my run, I almost fucking passed out. Um, so I, I knew at that point, yeah, I probably probably got to take the rest of the week off. So it sucks, and I hate it because I can't work out. But um, it is what it is. You know, got to focus on yourself. You got to focus on getting better. So it sucks, but it it is what it is, unfortunately. But um. Yeah, yeah, good old, good old Tony Khan with his lights off, lights on. Uh, gotta love it. Um, so let's talk about World's End. World's End. So to start, uh, just to start you guys off with some of the kickoff matches, um, Start you guys off with some of the some of the uh, the the kickoff matches, man. We have um, Willow. Well, these got added. Um, Willow Nightingale defeated Chris Statlander. This uh, I didn't watch. I didn't watch this one. I usually try to avoid the kickoff shows uh, because they're lame. But but uh, I heard that her and. I heard that her and um, Will um, uh, Willow and Chris Statlander had a match against each other, and then they're I guess they're teaming with each other again on Rampage. So good old uh, good old booking control. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know what the fuck they got going on, man. I don't know what the hell they got going on, but that match lasted 13 minutes and 25 seconds, um, and then Kill Switch. Won the twenty man battle royal for a future AEW TNT championship shot by uh, last eliminating Trent Beretta. Trent Beretta is somebody who uh, got eliminated in uh, g- uh, got last eliminated in the battle royal and against Luchasaurus, and then the next week on Dynamite he goes on to uh, get a All Atlantic title shot at or not All Atlantic a. Uh, Triple crown title shot against Eddie Kingston. So, yeah. Makes nice. No fucking sense. Lose one title shot, you get another. Yeah, yeah. I, did you see, dude? I gotta mention this, bro. Did you fucking see that John Moxley was making fun of the fact that New Japan has too many championships? There ain't no way. Yeah. Bro, you guys are in the same fucking boat. Literally, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, well, if that's how you feel about New Japan, then how the fuck do you feel about your own company? Because there's no way you look at that and say, um, we have enough championships. Or we don't have enough. Like, you long have enough championships. Seriously, there's there, or I think I misworded myself. There's no way. No, I'm not talking to you, Siri. There's no way you look at that and say our company 
is fine with championships, but New Japan has too much. There's no way. So you know that man thinks, uh, and he was even quoted as to saying something along the lines of like, um, too uh, less championships makes the championships more prestigious. You know, so like, I don't know. So, yes, Luchasaurus or Killswitch won the 20-man battle royal uh, to earn himself a AEW championship, uh, AEW TNT championship match, and that lasted 13 minutes and 50 seconds. And for the next match on the kickoff, the last match on the kickoff, Hook defeated Wheeler Yuta by way of submission. Um, this was an championship. Hook wins... Okay. Um yeah, that's that's it. Hook wins. It was a match. Yeah. Just a I, random useless title. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding, bro. Um yeah, he Yeah, uh, continues to uh yeah, continues to do absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing in AEW um whatsoever. So, no. Completely wasted. Seriously. So that was it for the kickoff show. And as for the main card, the first match on the card was the all-star eight-man tag team match. Claudio Castagnoli, Brian Danielson, Mark Briscoe, and Daniel Garcia versus Brody King, Jay White, Jay Lethal, and Roosh. You know, loser, eight-man. Yeah, fuck it, might as well be, dude. Um, bro, uh... This was a, uh, it was a fun match, but you know, like, uh, you're going to hear me say this a lot with this AEW world's end card. It was a decent show. These pay-per-views just don't feel special, dude. Like AEW pay-per-views used to feel special, you know, I just feel like a whole ass event. Now they're just happening. They just have one. Exactly. They just have one just to put on a pay-per-view card, uh, even though it's half-assed shit like this. Um, so, the um, babyface team won here. Um, Jay Lethal went to go for the uh, lethal injection, and then he was eventually countered into a roll-up by Daniel Garcia, which would then have uh, see Daniel Garcia rolling up Jay Lethal to secure the victory for the babyface team. As Daniel Garcia and Mark Briscoe would then hit the dance, and um, Brian would, I guess, uh, talk Daniel Garcia down or whatever. He said something to him because Daniel Garcia was looking at him funny as Brian and Claudio were walking away. So I don't know what he said to him, but uh, I don't know, man. Definitely, man. Definitely interesting. But um, again, Match as useless as as World's End, which I am glad so far in 2024 their next pay per view is Revolution in March, which that I'm glad that we're not getting a pay per view this month and February, but I still feel like we're gonna get like a standard of like eight, six to like eight pay per views yearly, which that in itself is just too much for AEW. 
Yeah, man, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I would absolutely, I would absolutely hate to see, I would absolutely hate to see them go that route. I don't think they need to go that route, but I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know. It's. I don't know. I know it's coming, but it, it doesn't make it any better. Um. But like you said, man, I am glad that their next pay per view is uh, Revolution, for sure. Um. So, so, but then again, they could do this the way they announce World's End and just randomly in an episode of Dynamite just announce that they are having a pay-per-view. The thing is, they had the banner up for Revolution in the arena like they do for their next pay-per-view, so I think it's solidified at this point. And if that isn't solidifying it, then holy fuck. Seriously. Seriously, man. So that was that match. And then with the next match, we have Andrade El Iglu. Andre El Iglu versus Miro. Andrade El Idolo versus Miro. Dude, this match. Um, this match was good. This match was good. But what was even better is the news that we got before World's End went on. Um, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. But as for the match itself, it was pretty good. Andrade was about to beat Miro with the figure eight. He bridged up into the figure eight and CJ Lana swept his arms out from under him and turned on Andrade. This would then lead to Miro hitting him with a Machka kick. Uh, he would then kick out and then he would put him in the accolade or the game over, um, whatever the hell it's called. And he would beat him and secure the victory Thus, ending the run of Andrade in All Elite Wrestling, man. But as for the match, it was pretty good for what it was. Um, and yeah, I'm glad that they gave Andrade a send-off match. Yeah, I like that they did that, man. Good for him and good. And I like what they're doing here. They might as well made it a loser leaves AEW match. But um, well, they both were laid on the ground trying to lose. But... Glad they did it the way they did, and I'm glad we got to see Andrade get sent off, man. Definitely, bro. Definitely, man. And with the next match, for the AEW Women's World Championship, Timeless Tony Storm versus Riho. I could not give any less of a fuck about... Oh, um, the opening match went 17 minutes and 50 seconds. Miro and Andrade went 14 minutes and 45 seconds. Um, yeah, forgot to mention that. Uh, I could not give any less of a fuck about this match. I really don't, uh, really don't care for Riho. Um, I really don't at all. Um, as for Tony, this kind of just seemed like a, uh, nothing titled defense for her. So yeah, that's, uh, that was that. But I mean, as for the match, I mean, it was, it was okay. Just nothing, nothing that I, I cared about. No, exactly. It was a Reho pay-per-view match. Those kind of just are they at least got to happen at least once a year, and I dread it every time. Definitely, definitely, bro. So, yes, Tony Storm uh, picks up the victory with a uh, pile driver, or I think it's I think it's called a Storm Zero. Um, so yeah, Tony Storm secures the victory and wins uh, or retains the uh, her women's championship. That was that. 
That lasted 11 minutes and 40 seconds. As the next match, Swerve Strickland versus Keith Lee. Well, well, now, here is where I give props to Tony fucking Khan. Here's where I give props to Tony Khan. Keith Lee showed up to the arena, let everybody know he got hurt at final battle, and he was working through some pretty, uh, uh, I don't know if they're serious, but he was working through some injuries, and... He let everybody know that he was going to try to power through tonight. Um, They didn't let him wrestle. They didn't let him wrestle. They did not clear him to wrestle. Um, First of all, nobody needed to fucking see this seven months after, you know, it should have happened. Um, Nobody needed to see it then, let alone now. And... Props to Tony Khan for not letting him go out there hurt and perform. Um, Yeah, props to Tony Khan. I got to give credit to where credit is due. But what did we get instead of this? We got Swerve Strickland versus Dustin Rhodes. I can find any better replacement than Dustin Rhodes. Yes, and their reason being... It's because Dustin is the partner of Keith Lee in their naturally naturally limitless tag team. Why is that a tag team? Why was that ever a tag team? I I don't know. I don't know. Like what? Like <laughs> why? Yeah. So so um, Swerve ended up facing, uh, Dustin Rhodes here. Swerve ended up facing Dustin Rhodes here. He, uh, gave him a swerve stomp onto a cinder block in the beginning of the match. Pretty much mopped the floor with Dustin Rhodes at nine minutes and 30 seconds. And, uh, Dustin Rhodes, uh, you know, was getting, uh, helped out by the refs, but then he wanted to go back and compete. And it was pretty much, like I said, just swerve mopping the floor with him. He ended up just beating him with a swerve stomp. He looks into the camera after the match and he says, my time will never be wasted ever again. I hope not. As he I walked. True. Yeah. As he walked away and uh, yeah, that was that. And swerve beat Dustin Rhodes in nine minutes and 30 seconds. God. What a waste of everyone's time. I get wanting to keep Swerve on, tele- on, on the pay-per-view still, but you could have done anything else with him. Seriously. Maybe put him against somebody actually intriguing. Uh, yeah, so that was that. And the next match was the other eight-man tag. Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Sting, and Darby Allen versus Ricky Starks, Big Bill, Powerhouse Hobbs and Konosuke Takeshita. Uh, the crowd is absolutely dead for this match. And when I mean dead, I mean they were more focused on chanting at Chris Jericho than they were on the match. Um, sucks for everybody else involved, but especially being that... Exactly. Especially being the news that came out earlier that day and... Uh, 
Sting, you know, this is Sting's last time wrestling in Long Island. Um, I'm not sure if they'll be back to New York, but it's his last time wrestling in Long Island. And unfortunately, it had to be overshadowed because of some pretty crazy stuff, some pretty crazy rumors and allegations. So as for the match, it wasn't anything special. Sammy Guevara ended up pinning clean the tag team champion, Ricky Starks. Good Lord. Where are they going with this man? You know where he's going. WWE. Yeah, I know exactly where he's going. Um, So, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, people weren't really too intrigued with this. They were chanting uh, NDA. They were chanting fucking CM Punk. They were chanting Kylie Ray at Chris Jericho. Um, there are signs in the crowd that said, uh, Jera, go away. Uh, World's NDA. Good Lord. What did they expect keeping this match? Yeah, exactly, bro. Exactly. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, so this one went 15 minutes and 40 seconds with Sting getting the standing ovation after the match. Um, and then at that point, it finally seemed like the crowd said, oh, shit, it is Sting's last time wrestling in uh, in Long Island. So or on Long Island. So. So, yeah, man. Um. So that was that. This one lasted 15 minutes and 40 seconds. So the next match was the for the TBS championship. Julia Hart versus Abaddon with Abaddon's stipulation being that biting was legal. Isn't it illegal anyway? I guess not. Ugh, I don't like. I, I I don't understand. I don't understand the Abaddon appeal. I don't think there is any, but definitely, man. This match wasn't really anything special at all. It was Abaddon cracking her neck and running around, and uh, Julie Hart won by assistance of Sky Blue. And Julie Hart, yeah, beat beat Abaddon in eleven minutes and thirty five seconds. Nothing, nothing special, man. Nothing special. Nothing at all, man. Don't even know why they put Abaddon on the show. Yeah. Uh the next match was for the TNT Championship. Christian Cage versus Rated R Adam. Okay. For the TNT Championship in a no DQ match, um, this was actually uh, I would say the best match of the night. I would say this one was the best match of the night. This one was uh, really cool. Edge wore his old um, WrestleMania 22 gear uh, when he faced Mick Foley, so that was really a uh, really cool callback to that. And uh, yeah, these guys these guys beat the shit out of each other, man. They put on a really good match, and it's just so cool to see. Edge and Christian operating at the level that they're operating at, at the age that both of them are at. It's really cool to see. You can really tell Edge is having a blast in AEW, and it's a lot more of a blast than him being at WWE for me. Um, I, I I enjoy I enjoy watching Edge, man. I enjoy watching Edge as to where in WWE, you know, I, I, I wasn't really too 
too too big on edge to be honest bro i wasn't really too big on edge um so so yeah man but he looked like he was having a blast he's fucking jumping off of uh he's jumping off of the um uh the little uh staircases that you use to go up into the higher seats of the arena he's putting people through flaming tables kendo sticks chairs you imagine it, bro. He actually, he did a really cool callback to the Judgment Day spot in this match where he gave him, he gave Christian the Glasgow smile, you know, where he uses the bar from the chair and does the cross face. So that was really cool callback to uh, what the Judgment Day did to him. It's a really good match, man. He put uh, Nick Wayne through a flaming table. He ended up uh, beating, uh, after he did that, he ended up hitting Christian Cage with a spear and beating him for the TNT Championship, and um, he ended up beating him for the TNT Championship, won the belt, and then afterwards, Kill Switch came out and was about to cash in his uh, contract to give um, uh, to you know win back the TNT Championship, and after that, and after that, um, he was confronted by Christian Cage and uh, bullied into giving Christian Cage the TNT title contract, uh, which he gave him, and Christian Cage cashed in right there, hit, um, I think he hit him, I think he hit him with a kill switch or a unprettier or whatever they call it, and he defeated Rated R Adam and won back the TNT championship. So in the end, Christian Cage walked out with the TNT championship, man. Definitely, man. Really like the match. I like what they did in the match a lot. Love all, uh, love all the spots. Um, I love the vibe that it has in AEW. I think it's really good. Um, Christian obviously is a fucking go, man. Um, they probably played the spot a little bit, you know. And then um, Nick Wayne didn't really go through it. He kind of just bounced right off the fucking flaming table, and it fell. The match was really fucking good, man. And I like what they did at the end with the little switch up. You know, kill switch, gave up the contract, so Christian can win it back. Um, I, like they, I like how they did that. And um, if you notice, they, you know, a classic TNT title moment where they just switch it, you know, saying night or quickly. But this time, no one really cares because there's a story to it and it means something. That's what we need to see more with the TNT title, man. It really is. It really. Oh shit! It really is, man. I hope. Um, I hope we see more shit like not more shit like that of you moving around, but it's so valuable where it does move around like that. It doesn't matter. Definitely, bro. Definitely, man. And. Yeah, man, there was there was a lot of story added to it, so it did uh it did make it a uh it did make it a lot better of a uh, flip flop, I guess you could say. Um, so with the next match, the finals of the Continental Classic, Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley for the to become the modern day Triple Crown champion. Yay, my. Don't know why they did any of this at this point. Good for Kingston. I'm happy for Kingston. But um, I think like almost all of this was kind of pointless overall. 
Uh, definitely, bro. Definitely, man. This this finals did not really feel. It didn't feel like the Continental Classic final. You know, I feel like you should have put the the stars from each bracket. And yes, John Moxley did have the most victories, obviously, and he ended up winning the Gold League. But like, I'm sorry, man, but Swerve was the star of his bracket of his group. So I feel like Swerve uh, should have been in these finals and I don't mind Eddie Kingston. I wouldn't have minded Danielson or Andrade uh, either, but you know, um, this one was more of uh this one was more, uh, not, not really, I don't want to say pro wrestling base, but this one was more of a brawl. This one is more mm-hmm. of a brawl than more of uh, the type of stuff we've been seeing in the Continental Classic. Um, so, 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 yeah, man. But yeah, it was just a lot of it was a lot of the typical spot. Moxley does it all the time, and Eddie Kingston does it all the time too, where they just stand there and they hit each other and see who hits each other the hardest type thing. You see it a lot in New Japan. They did that. They did that a hell of a lot in this match. Uh, they were getting into a uh, slap fight. They were slap boxing. And Eddie Kingston just hit him with the spinning back fist out of nowhere. Um, or the spinning backhand out of nowhere. And he fucking beat him. He beat John Moxley. Um, very cool. Very cool moment for Eddie Kingston. Um, I like that, you know, Eddie won. I would have preferred Swerve. But I, I like you know that that Eddie won. Um, I don't think it was a bad call. I think it, I think it, it was. It's I think it's a lot better than having Moxley take it. But uh, I think so. Yeah, I think it's a lot better than having Moxley take it. But uh, afterwards, uh, Eddie took a bow to Moxley, and Moxley uh, gave him a hug and walked away. So that was that. As Eddie Kingston becomes the modern day Triple Crown champion. Um, yeah, man. So that's, I still have no idea. And as for the title design, not really a fan, dude. It literally looks like something you create off fucking 2k. Literally, man. Like I, they still haven't explained what this title is and how it's going to function. No, that it's just a title that exists now somewhere and it does something. Definitely. Like are those two titles permanently linked to it? Or how does this work? Right. Does he defend all three of them at once? Does he like defend what? individually? Can they be defended individually? Or is it one title that's just three physical titles? I, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't I don't get it at all either. I don't get it at all either. But yeah, man. So Eddie Kingston takes Eddie Kingston takes the final for the Continental Classic, man. So that match lasted 17 minutes and 20 seconds, man. And with the next match, the main event, MJF versus Samoa Joe. MJF versus Samoa Joe. Uh, this match was a little eerie to watch for myself. Uh, just knowing, just off the fact of knowing that MJF was on painkillers. Um, so that was kind of... Eh, for me to watch. As for the match itself, um, it was it was good. 
Uh, it was good, um, but they, you know, they, they worked. They, they did the best with what they had to work with, man. I mean, this man, MJF, couldn't even fucking... He had to do this at multiple times just to lift his arm up. He had to take his other arm and lift his other arm up because he he couldn't lift it. Mm-hmm. So they worked best with what they got. Yo, what is going on, Durante? What's up, man? How you doing? But yeah, man, they work best with with what they had to work with, and I can appreciate that. But as for the ending, MJF looks towards Adam Cole for the ring. He looks towards Adam Cole for the ring. Adam Cole does the Wardlow spot where he's patting around and he can't find it. And then he finally finds it, and he gives it to him. And by that point, Samoa Joe had already been up, and he... Put him in the coquina clutch, had him in it. Uh, Adam Cole started patting on the ring, getting the crowd into it. MJF starts kicking his feet around, and just a couple short seconds later, he fucking passed out, and MJF lost the AEW World Championship to Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe picks up the championship, holds it up. And fucking walks out as if nothing just happened. The ending to this match absolutely fell flat on its face. It was absolutely a production dud in terms of making Samojo's fucking first world championship in a long time feel like absolutely nothing. Literally, man. I mean, I'm glad he won. And I'm finally glad he got that moment of winning a world title in a major company. But like... What are you guys? What are you guys doing here? He can fucking make it feel like a moment at all. If anything, let him celebrate for a little bit, and then you bring the fucking mask guys out. He dips, and then they do the whole reveal. It like, I I, I don't know why they did it like that. He had no time to soak in that fucking moment. They just fucking sent him off to be changed, to change and go do that. And I, I don't understand why they did that. It's really, really mind-boggling that he, uh, that they did like that, man. Um, they should have gave him more time. Definitely, man. Definitely, bro. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't know. It really, really, really fell flat on its face for me in terms of the ending of the match. I was happy that Samoa Joe got the title. I was a little sad that Max's reign came came to an end because there, there's no. There's no beating around the bush, man. He's the best AEW world champion we've ever seen. Um, we talked about it in the year end awards, man. Put on great stories. Put on stories that you can invest yourself into. Put on great matches. What more can you ask for, man? What more can you ask for? But uh, this, uh, in terms of how Samoa Joe's championship moment felt, it fell flat on its face. Uh, in terms of the devil reveal, I thought it was done very good. I thought um, I, I thought that the devil reveal was done very good. The masked men came out. MJF tried to de- tried to defend them off. They then held Adam Cole. They held MJF. They were about to hit MJF in the head with a chair, and Adam Cole was screaming, "Hit me!" Uh, MJF would would then screaming back at them, "Don't fucking hit him!" 
Um, they were about to hit Adam Cole. Lights go out. Lights come back on. And the four guys are standing behind a guy sitting in the chair. And that guy sitting in the chair was none other than Adam Cole. He had his hair in front of his face. He had his hair in front of his face, which was a really cool visual. He then flipped his hair back and he stared right at MJF as the other guys took their masks off. And it was Wardlow, Roddy, Matt Taven, and Mike Bennett of the kingdom. And MJF started to cry as he stood up and he went to walk towards Adam Cole. And he was saying, how could you do this? Roger Trung hit him with a jumping knee. They beat the shit out of him. Wardlow gave him a power bomb as Adam Cole was sitting in the chair. And he pulls out the devil mask from his coat. I heard a rumor that he was supposed to be wearing the devil mask and take it off. But I I, I like what he did with the hair. I, I think it was I think it still made for a really cool visual. And um the one thing that just sucks, man, is Adam is injured. Max is injured. So we're probably going to pick this up in the middle of next year. But in the meantime, I just really hope that the Undisputed Kingdom doesn't fizzle out with Adam Cole not being able to perform in this time. Ooh, it's tough, man. I hope not, but I could definitely see elements of it. Because we already got a hint of something of a one member gonna get fi- is going to get fizzled out this year in that group after uh, yep. Wednesday. So um, they're just teasing that. I think, you know, I won't talk about the specifics of it till until Monday, but um, Wardlow is just a stand-in for Kyle O'Reilly till he comes back. A hundred percent. I'm excited for him to come back because I think Kyle O'Reilly will make the group way better. Yeah. But like, at the end of the day, it's the kingdom, bro. Are, I don't really care much for him, yep. and I don't think much of the audience does either. I don't think the group itself is really going to last. I don't. I don't. I really don't think it will stick. Adam Cole will stick as a heel, obviously. Right. Um. But those two just just aren't going to hit. Everyone's going to think of the undisputed, and they ain't nearly no undisputed man at this point. I don't care how fucking goofy that man is. Pyre Bobby Fish and bring back the UE man. Just do it. Absolutely. I 100% agree, dude. Every twist and turn, Tony Khan has tried to make some sort of undisputed variant, and all of them suck. They do. They just don't hit, because that's not the undisputed, man. You have all the members except one employed. Just employ the one again, um, and then let's go, man. Let's go. Adam Cole clearly likes this company. He does. I don't see him going anywhere anytime soon. So you got him. No matter fucking what Bobby Fish fucking whispers in his ear, he ain't going. So, come on. You got him. Just hire Bobby Fish, and you got the Undisputed again. Exactly. Exactly, bro. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that on Monday. Oh, no. You go ahead. That fucking theme song, dude. What the fuck was that? I thought that shit was trash. I, I, I can't lie. I hated it. From what I heard of it on Dynamite, uh, personally, I didn't hate it, but I'll probably have to listen to the full version to really get a grasp on what I'm listening to because all I just heard was Undisputed Kingdom. 
and then it was kind of just a I, I did like the guitar solos in it i'll give it that yeah. it sounded very um, undisputed era -y. It it sounds like they're trying to make their own Undisputed Era theme song, and the instrumental part sounds good. But dog, what is that vibe, and what are those lyrics? Yeah, I, I'll definitely have to. I'll definitely have to give it a full listen. I seen AEW music posted it, but then they deleted the tweet. So I don't know <laughs> if they. I mean, like a check real quick. Let me see if it's on like Apple Music. Let's see. Speaking of deleting music, do you have that part of a certain person's news? What's that? Speaking of deleting music, do you have that part of a certain person's news? Uh, I don't, but we could go over that when we talk about um, Mercedes. I got you. I got you. Yeah, it's not on. It's not on anything yet. So, yeah, it's not on okay. anything yet. But the Mikey suckers. <laughs> So, no, I thought the devil reveal was done perfectly. Um, I'm, I'm, and uh, I'm glad they didn't put any stupid people involved. I mean, yes, they did put the kingdom, but let's be honest, the kingdom do make sense. They are a part of the story. It's just not who I would preferably have in the group personally. No, um, not at all. But with that, they are a part of the story, so it would obviously make sense for them to be there. Um, I just, I, I don't like it. Um, but it's not something completely out of the blue, like a fucking Jack Perry. It's all people, no. you know, that are, that have history with Adam Cole. Either they have history with Adam Cole or they have a history with hating MJF. So exactly. So it makes sense, man. It, it's a group that makes sense, but I don't just, I don't think the members will last, man. They just it, don't, none of them hit. Exactly. Exactly. It's not like, it's not as bad as the firm. But it's mm -hmm. not as good as like the pinnacle because the pinnacle no. just they just look so power. great. They look so was, great. They really did, and they just flopped. Literally, they just gave up instantly on the group and just fucking moved on. Made no sense. Seriously. So yeah, I, I really oh I can't believe that that group ended like that. Uh, yeah, that's that's the best way to describe it for me, man. It's 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 better than the firm because that made absolutely no sense, but it's worse than the pinnacle. So mm -hmm. definitely, yeah. yeah. That oh god, talk about the star power that. So what that group could have if that if if they had the production, um, if if they had the production and the fucking uh uh. What's the word I'm looking for? If they had the stock put into them and the production of a company like WWE behind them, they will probably be one of the best factions of all time. The Pinnacle. Exactly. They really would have done. So that was World's End. That was World's End. I loved the Devil Reveal. I hated the fucking Samoa Joe title celebration because it felt like absolutely the fucking least important thing on planet Earth. But, uh... As far as the show, eh, the show kind of just happened. And mm -hmm. I can't believe I'm saying that to describe an AEW pay-per-view. That's what those fucking AEW B-shows are. Quite literally, the B-show. Where you don't even care about it. Yeah. So. So, yeah, man. So, that was... Your world's end 
card. Um, that was your World's End card and review, man. So, huh, what should we talk about first, man? What should we talk about? Sir K, what do you want to start with? Ooh, it's tough, man. It's tough. Maybe, maybe we get this machine stuff out the way. Okay. Cool, cool. Come down. All right. So, so, Mercedes Monet. Mercedes Monet. So, first off, let's talk about Mercedes and WWE. So, Mercedes and WWE are no longer in active negotiations regarding a return per Fightful. The two sides have recently been discussing a potential return. However, talks broke down and WWE walked away as a result. WWE sources expect her to appear elsewhere imminently. How you feeling about this? I don't really believe it, man. I really don't. Um, I think the talks are still happening. I think they might have been finalized. They very well could have been. And they are using all this as a distraction. But even, even if they're not, she's still talking to them. I mean, why would you not talk to both companies? And it, it, they're trying to say the reason of, you know, they're low-balling the hell out of them. But, like, no, they're not. It's Mercedes. Even if they're not giving her above Charlotte Flair money, they're still offering her a lot of money. You know what I mean? Which I think Triple H would offer her more than Charlotte Flair if that's what she's asking because she's a star. She's the hottest free agent they got right now. That it is, it, we joked about 2024 being the bidding war for MJF. It's just bidding war for Mercedes. I mean, every company wants her and whoever company gets her is going to look 10 times better, man. So... I don't believe the talks have stopped with her in WWE at all. And if they stopped, it's because she already signed the contract and there's no need to talk. A hundred percent. A hundred percent, bro. A hundred percent. Um, yeah. So with Mercedes, um, you know, I think, Oh, welcome back, bell. I never knew you left, but welcome back. Welcome back. Um, with Mercedes, I gotta, I, I gotta side, you know, I, I gotta side with, uh, with, with you and with Bell on this one, bro. I mean, we talked about it a little bit in the intro, but like, dude, Mercedes is not, you know, Mercedes, WWE knows, especially Triple H knows what she is worth, and. Again, if they're not offering her Charlotte Flair money, they are still offering her good money. And even if that's not her asking price, even if that's not her asking price, WWE's still going to offer her good money. And hell, Triple H is the kind of guy, man, if he if he really knows that'll be the only way to get her back, he will bite the bullet for it. And he will do it. He will do it because he knows that she is money. No pun intended, bro. But, like, these dirt sheets constantly, constantly do this. Like we talked about in the intro with Bray and with Punk. These guys, these guys 
you know, they're not talking. They're not talking to WWE. There's been no talks. And then they show up. Again, if Triple H wants to keep a secret, he's going to keep a secret. Why would Mercedes post on her Instagram with it, uh, behind a poster of Triple H if she was, uh, if, if talks fizzled out and if WWE walked away on her? Why would she post yeah. something like that? Why would she post that type of shit? There's obviously something going on. She she's either posting that in the middle of talking to them to tease that she's talking to them, or she's posing with that picture to show without saying it where she is. And it's 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 obvious, dog. Come on. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think that talks fizzled out. I think maybe they take breaks from talking. Yeah. Because there's no, uh, you know, nobody's coming to a resolution. So both sides need to walk away and think about it for a little bit. But in terms of talks dying out, I don't believe it. I don't, I don't believe it at all. I I think, I, I, I think they're still talking. I think they're still continuing to talk. It's almost like with, with Drew, like what happened with Drew McIntyre, where Triple H was talking about it on the money in the bank press conference. Drew's upset. Drew's this, Drew's that. Fucking Triple H was on the media scrum talking about he called Drew and they were laughing about the reports. Like yeah. Triple H and Drew haven't spoke at all during his during his absence. Triple H was like, I'm on the phone with him every fucking week. What the fuck are you talking about? You know, like, like you don't know. Like they don't they don't know shit. But uh, I don't know, man. They really don't. These third sheets they have some of the worst sources. In history of fucking journalism, and they don't know what they're talking about. And their excuse every time is, I just report what I hear. You should know what you're reporting. If you hear it and you think it's dumb, don't fucking report it. And if you're going to report it, mention that you don't know how true this is, but it is coming from a source. They just they just list everything as fact from every single source, yep. and it fucks them over. Because no matter what, they're going to look like idiots. Because that's not how you do journalism at all. Exactly. Exactly, man. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, in terms of her and WWE not talking, I don't, I don't believe it for a second. I really don't. No, I really fucking don't. I think they still are, and and, if, and like I said, if they aren't, it's because they deal with something, man. Exactly. Oh, and another thing. Her New Japan theme song has been taken off of platforms. Would her would her New Japan theme song have to be taken off platforms if she was going to AEW? No, exactly. If she were to sign with AEW, they would just put instead of the image that shows up of whatever it is for New Japan, it just shows up the AEW render of her and the little image they make for it. That's all. I doubt she would make a whole new theme for AEW, and if she did that old one would still be up there just surviving you know what i mean it's only wwe that ever takes old theme songs down because they don't like to pay royalties even though they're the biggest financial company in wrestling but i digress but like things can change they they can change but overall that's where i think she's going i think if i were to guess and i were to hope i would like wwe man of course, AEW is also possible, um, but I think both companies want her, and whoever gets her, 
they're going to be fighting for her because whoever gets her, that's going to solidify their women's division. 100%. 100%, man. So, with that... Mercedes Monet is expected to sign with All Elite Wrestling. It looks as though Mercedes Monet will become uh, will become All Elite in 2024 as Fightful reports that Monet has continued talks with AEW after discussions with WWE recently broke down. At one point, it looked as though the chances of her going to AEW are weak. However, it now seems as though AEW will be the landing spot for Monet, uh, who is said to be seeking one of the largest contracts in women's wrestling history. Well, she is. Wherever she goes, she's the largest contract in that company. So, hold on a second. Let me see. I really don't, JT. These they're just they just say shit. They just someone and then some. I would love to know who these people's sources are because it's probably the most random ass people backstage that have no clue what's going on. So. Hmm. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Okay. That's funny. Because Fightful Select reported not long ago at all, within the past month, that Mercedes and AEW's plans were scrapped. Yeah. What happened to that? First plans get scrapped. She talks to WWE. All of a sudden, WWE just no-sells her, essentially, is what they're saying. And she just talks to AEW again. Yeah, and what? now this is the landing spot for Mercedes Monet. I... But the fucking talks fizzled out. What are yeah. you guys talking about? Whatever happened to them being scrapped? I'm telling you, bro, these people, you know, they put that shit out. Like you were saying, as if it's opinion or if, as if it's fact, I mean, as if it's fact. And it's like, it's not it's fact, awesome. dude. It's fucking rumor. It's hearsay. Exactly. Because obviously she's talking to both companies and both companies are cocky as hell. They think they're going to get them for each one. So they're telling their guys, oh, yeah, we got our security in the fucking bag. And these dumbass sources that are probably some fucking catering junkie in the back. Fucking goes and tells Fightful to get to get any bit of money they can. Like, your sources are garbage. They don't know what they're talking about. And if and if and you know they don't know what they're talking about, so tell us. Tell us this is what I hear. I don't know how believable it may be, but this is what a source in the company is telling me. Say it like that. You're saying, oh no, she's going there. Oh wait. Five days later, oh wait. Nope. She's going there. Hold up. It's all they do. I don't know, man. I don't know. But 
if she does go to AEW and she does secure the one of the largest contracts in women's wrestling history, good for her. For her. She deserves yeah. it. Uh, and I'll tell you this. If she goes to AEW, Tony. Tony. I know Tony. we said this a lot of times, but this time, this is as real as it gets. This is your last chance to show that you give a fuck about women's wrestling because not only do you have Mercedes now, you just got one of the other hot free agents on the women's wrestling market. You just signed Mariah May last year. I mean, dude, you look at that women's division, dude, there, there's no going back now. There's no going back. If you get Mercedes, bro, again, there's no going back. That'll be Mercedes, Tony, Mariah, Deanna, Athena, fucking Britt, Jamie Hayter, Julia Hart, Sky Blue, Willow Nightingale, Chris Statlander. Bro, that's more. That's more than enough. Oh, yeah. That's more than enough for what you need for your women's division. Ruby Soho. Bro, there's no going back now. None. Uh, nope. You gotta go full into it now, man. You really do. If you get her, you have to go crazy. Now, I'm not saying woman's tag belt crazy, but you gotta go crazy for that woman's division. You gotta care about the fucking woman's division. Yes, all you need is the women's championship. And with the division you have, you have two of them. You only need singles women's championships. Please, no fucking women's tag titles. For the love of God. From the from the interview that people were saying that was from, apparently he kind of just said that to answer the question and moved on. So I don't think he's gonna do it to be honest. But dog, don't feed, don't put that in this man's head. Seriously, fucking seriously, bro. But. Since Tony Khan likes to spy on WWE so much, hopefully he will see how that worked out for them. So I hope so. I hope so. Because even a Triple H don't even know what to fucking do with those titles. That's how bad those titles existing are. Even Triple H is like, yeah, these are kind of... Can't really do nothing with these. Exactly. Exactly, bro. So, even... And like Bell says, man, even if she goes to AEW, she'll still obviously end up back in WWE in a couple of years, so... Exactly, so... That'll be that, but wherever she goes, I wish her the best, and I'm happy for her. Um, where I would prefer to see her go at this point is, uh, is WWE, but with the... You know, with... Lay, with when you lay out the AEW Women's Division on paper... Uh, and then you add Mercedes to that. It, it is a good look. It is a good look. I just hope Tony Khan books it to be that good of a look. So that's the only thing that concerns me about AEW is we know you you know we know about their reputation with that women's division. So we know about it, and that's the only thing that concerns me about Mercedes going there as to where I feel like WWE puts more care into their women's division than AEW does. Uh, so that's the only thing that concerns me, but wherever she goes, she knows what's best for herself and I hope she makes the right decision. So yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. I hope it, I hope it goes well. Definitely, man. And with that, 
Speaking of the AEW women's division, Deanna Perrazzo, the virtuosa. Deanna Perrazzo is all elite. You see the graphic on your screen there. Yeah, man, Deanna Perrazzo is all elite. Um, uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, very good for her. Very good for her. She looked good on Wednesday. Uh, she did sound a little nervous on the mic. She sounded a little nervous, but dude, she's one of the best out there. Uh, she proved it in, in, in TNA. Uh, she proved it over there being, uh, almost the female Kenny Omega, the female belt collector. Uh, she had a great run over there and I really just hope that her, her stuff is, is followed up on here in, uh, in AEW, man. So I'm happy for her. And, and again, I just really, really hope she does not get lost in the shuffle. I really hope not, man. Especially, you know, we'll talk about it on Monday, the way they're starting her off. But she's a great talent, man. Well, you know, starting a little nervous on the mic, but that's okay. I think the massive crowd of empty fans might help ease that, ease that fear a little <laughs> bit when she's just staring into empty seats at the hard cam. So go. that might help. Her. But um, overall, she's a great talent. I hope they I hope Tony Khan actually does well by her. Definitely, man. Definitely, and. Speaking of women's wrestling, current Impact Knockouts champion Trinity, formerly known as Naomi, will soon be a free agent. And according to Fightful, she is expected to return back to WWE bearing unforeseen circumstances. Trinity is set to defend the Knockouts Championship against Jordan Grace at January 13th's Impact Hard to Kill. Isn't it TNA Hard to Kill on January 13th? Yeah. Okay. Uh yeah, man. Um, I mean, I, obviously, um, I, yeah, this comes as no surprise. Her husband's there, uh, and hopefully now, being that what she's done in Impact, uh, WWE will uh give her more of a limelight in the world of uh their women's division, man. So. Hopefully they uh, treat her uh, how they should the second time around. And if things with WWE don't go well and Mercedes goes to AEW, I think it would be very cool to see her end up there as well, especially if they're having a, a renaissance in their women's division. But again, like we say all the time, it's only going to be a renaissance if AEW wants it to be a renaissance. It's it's not. It's only going to be as good as AEW wants it to be. So that's that's a that's always going to be like that. Exactly, a signing will only be as special as they make it to be, man. They and hopefully they make it. Definitely, man. Definitely, but I'm, I'm excited to see where she goes, man. Um, and I hope I hope it goes well for her, man. I hope that um, hope everything goes well. I hope she goes where she wants to go, and I can't wait to see how that goes, man. Definitely. Yeah, man, it's, um, it's interesting to see how this is going to go, man. Um, but I hope it all goes well for her and who she picks to, you know, or where she picks to go to, man. And I think it'll go well. Definitely, man. Definitely, bro. Definitely. So, so yeah, man, Trinity is expected to return to WWE and yeah, I could, I, I could, uh, I, 
I could see it, man. I could absolutely see it. Um, yeah, I think that was always, I think that was always kind of the, the end game, uh, here. Um, this run in impact for Trinity was more about her getting out and, uh, betting on herself. So exactly. So, so yeah, man. So yeah, that's the news on Trinity possibly returning to WWE. Uh, speaking of WWE, uh, well, first, uh, I know we've been reporting on Julia a lot, but it looks like uh, Julia is being sent to NXT whenever she does sign. So good for her, man. Good for her. I heard she's um she's taking even more time off before she debuts to learn more English, man. So that's going to be good. And I think sending her down to NXT will just make her. We'll just do what WWE does and just build her into into a phenomenal star. Absolutely. I've seen a lot of people outraged that she was being sent to NXT. And I know NXT gets a bad rap because Shawn Michaels has got to be like the fucking worst wrestling promoter on the face of the planet. But NXT is not bad in terms of getting people used to that WWE system because WWE is a different machine. WWE Mm -hmm. is. They, They... you know that everything's so crisp and everything's so clean and and everything's got to be a certain way uh in terms of how they you know the the care that they put into uh uh breeding their talent and and really honing their skills on the mic and in the ring it's different you could come into AEW and, and you know they'll you know, get you just for you. But with WWE, man, you know, they want you to be as crisp and as perfect as possible. So in that sense, the performance center is great and the performance center will always be great for that aspect alone in terms of getting people ready for, in terms of getting people ready for, uh, uh, um, the main roster in terms of, uh, getting, you know, where the hard cam is and, uh, their promos and how crisp they are in the ring. I mean, WWE, WWE is really gonna, gonna hammer that shit home. And for somebody like Julia, I think that'll be perfect. I, especially in terms of like the promos, because, you know, she is in the process of learning English. So her really getting that promo skill down is really going to be crucial. And the performance center is going to be great for that. It really is, man. It's going to do well by her. And I think she's going to do well by it. And I can't wait to see how she does. Definitely, man. Definitely. So more women that WWE are interested in WWE is reportedly interested interested in bringing in former NWA Women's Champion Camille to NXT. WWE is reportedly interested in signing former NWA Women's Champion Camille following the uh, expiration of her contract. As per PW Insider, the former NWA star is 100% on WWE's radar with the promotion recently planning to add her to the WWE NXT roster. Camille's NWA contract expired on January 1st, 2024. After her her choice not to re-sign with the promotion, she had a five-year run with the company where she held the NWA Women's Champion for a whopping 812 days before losing it to Kenzie Page in August. Camille's stock in pro wrestling in the pro wrestling business has risen significantly 
over the last few years with her even rising to number nine in the PWI Women's 250 uh, list last year. Hey, who wrote this out? Jonathan Gresham? The hell? <laughs> um, PWI ranking. Do you know where PWI ranked me, Tony? Fucking Tony Khan is probably looking at him so stupid. He's like, I don't know. I just look where Cage Match ranked you. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Tony only checks the Cage Match rankings. So. Oh, 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 you're only like 165 in Cage Match. Yeah, you ain't any special. Exactly. Exactly. But. I've never really seen much of Camille's work, but I hear about her a lot. And if WWE is interested in bringing her in, man, um, you know, she was a top star of the NWA, top of their division for a long time. So um, I'd be down, man. I'd be down to definitely uh, get more familiar with her work. Definitely, man. Definitely. I haven't seen much of her. I've heard of her, but never really seen anything of her. So I'm excited to see how she is and what she does, man. Definitely, man. Definitely. So... Jumping back over to some more AEW news. I talked a little bit earlier about Andrade. And I talked about the news that we got before his match at World's End that was more exciting than his match at World's End. Andrade El Idolo is expected by many in All Elite Wrestling to finish up with the company at the uh, after the World's End pay-per-view. Per Wrestle Purist, he is believed to be returning to WWE imminently, possibly as early as this month as Monday's day one Raw or day one edition of Raw. Andrade will face Miro at tonight's AEW World's End pay-per-view. Uh, interestingly, Andrade is booked for a GCW show in Tampa, the location of the Royal Rumble, the night before the Royal Rumble. Oh yeah, definitely, man. I'm happy for Andrade. Um, I'm happy they, like we talked about in the um in the World's interview, happy they gave him that last final match, man. And obviously, he didn't show up at day one that has passed, but he could have. And I think we'll see him in the Rumble, definitely. And I cannot wait to see that man back. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, man. Uh, I was so pumped. When I heard this news, when I heard, because honestly, I thought we weren't going to see him in WWE until, uh, mid yeah, year. mid to late next year. But dude, when I heard as soon as day one, I I had a feeling he wasn't going to show up at day one. I would, yeah. you know, rather have him show up in the Rumble anyway. Definitely, definitely. I think, I think they're I think they're going about it the right way. A hundred percent. I think that's the better spot for him, and I think that's where he'll show up, man. But uh. Dude, I am so fucking excited to see Andrade back in the WWE, man. I'm so excited. I think he's really going to show people what he's made of, and he's going to show Tony Khan what the fuck he missed out on for the past three fucking years. Definitely, man. He really is, and I cannot wait to see how he's done in WWE again. Definitely, man, definitely. And, yes, that feud, uh, like I said, Zelina's got that beef with Santos. Zelina's going to need some backup, bro. So I think she might have to call her old pal, uh, Mr. Andre El Iglu. So, yeah, man, Andrade is finally fucking done with AEW. Thank God 
this reign of terror has come to an end on that man's life. How would JR say his WWE man name Andre? Hmm. It's Andre. Hmm. Andre L. No, it's not L. I can think about how he would say his fucking WWE name. Yes, yes, absolutely, bro. But I am, I am for real over the moon to see fucking Andrade Cien Almas come back. Andrade Cien Almond, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't wait to see him, man. Me too, bro. Me too. I'm very, very, very excited to see Andrade come back. Uh, so. So. Oh, speaking of stuff at World's End, Chris Jericho. Yeah, God. Oh, yeah. We're here. We are here. So, before we talk about this, I just want to reiterate, nothing is confirmed. There's been a couple things that allude to this stuff being true. But again, I'm not going to make the same mistake. A lot of people made with Enzo Amore immediately wrote him off. Uh, but these are the rumors as they stand. So Chris Jericho faces huge backlash as allegations surface of him being compared to Harvey Weinstein. Uh, bro, when I woke up and seen that article, Chris Jericho compared to Harvey Weinstein after recent allegations. I swear to God, I almost fell over. Yeah. Yeah. So. Congratulations, Logan. They are some of my absolute favorite figures in my collection. I love the ultimate Usos. Love them. So. There you go. Nearly five years after the date. There are allegations that Chris Jericho was involved in something involving former women's AEW wrestler Kylie Ray. Kylie worked for the promotion briefly in 2019 before requesting her release prior to All Out 2019, which led to a lot of people wondering why she would not want to work there. On Christmas Day, Chris Jericho got into an argument with CM Punk's lawyer, Stephen P. New, regarding the NDA that Punk and others involved in All Out 2020 and uh, others involved in Brawl Out had to sign. Jericho claimed that he did not sign any NDA agreement. That was followed by Nick Hausman of House of Wrestling asking Jericho, what about the NDAs you make other people sign? Wild for a journalist to come right out and uh, bring that up out of nowhere. Um, Just a weird argument. It's kind of fucking insane. Yeah, an argument that he wasn't even involved in, mind you. Just, you know... What about the NDAs you make other people sign? Hausman would then show a tweet sharing that Jericho blocked him. On an episode of his Rumor and Innuendo podcast. Yeah, we know why it's called that now. Um, say, what a name for a fucking wrestling journalism podcast. Yeah. 
Uh, Hausman talked about Jericho while alleging that there were issues with Jericho behind the scenes in AEW. Hausman even brought up Harvey Weinstein, who's in jail for two prison sentences combined for 39 years for using his power as a movie producer to force women into doing things against their will. Oh, Jesus. Um, a clip from Hausman's podcast was posted on Twitter uh, featuring Hausman talking about a situation involving Jericho. He says, There are issues with Jericho behind the scenes. I know there are a lot of people who were hurt by Jericho and his actions. You know, it's very comfortable. It's very uncomfortable to see. It's very uncomfortable to me to see him lauded like this. He he is and only having the focus on that because I do think that there are a lot of questionable stories about Jericho. Uh, that, uh, that will find their way out over time. Uh, people are ready to tell their stories and that will cast him in a very different light. I mean, Harvey Weinstein won a lot of Oscars. Harvey Weinstein produced a lot of popular films. Harvey Weinstein is now in jail. I'm not saying that this is going to happen to Chris, but the narrative can quickly turn if you're hiding a lot of skeletons in your closet. This would then resurface old tweets from 2020 uh, when several wrestlers like uh, David Starr were outed for their awful behavior toward women. And there was a tweet referencing Chris Jericho mentioned by the original accuser of David of David Starr, where she said, so here's the deal. You don't quit the hottest wrestling fed going today. AEW without reason. I have it from people in a, uh, from people in the know that Kylie was asked to go to Jericho's dressing room without with the understanding other people would be there. When she got the pass uh, or when she uh, when she got there, it was just him. He made a pass at her. No other details were given and she freaked out. And the original accuser from David Starr would also put out, uh, sometimes I stop and wonder how many young women out there are wondering if it's safe to post about Chris Jericho yet. This would then be commented by Kylie Ray with a heart. Ooh. That's not good, man. It really doesn't. So, at the All Out 2019 press conference, uh, Tony Khan was asked about Kylie Ray's release and stated it was an impeccable split. She's no longer with us. We've had so many announcements going into the Battle Royal. She asked for her release. We granted it. She called me and asked if she could be released from her contract. It's pretty simple. I said, yeah. I asked her if everything was okay. She said, yeah. She didn't want to be with the company anymore. We talked about it. It was very simple. So, yeah. So, so, if any of this is true, this is absolutely fucked. This is absolutely fucked. I also heard rumors, or no, I mean, it wasn't, I mean, it kind of is a rumor. It was from somebody that used to work with Chris. I can't remember who exactly it was, but Chris Jericho apparently, uh, allegedly used to have a reputation for fucking people's girlfriends. Uh, so 
<laughs> um, okay. I did not know. I, I really didn't have fucking Chris Dogico on my uh, bingo card for the year. But in terms of this stuff with Kylie Ray, okay. Well, well, fucking first of all, no, no, I, no. Let's go over the Chris part first. So, if this is true, which again, we don't know if any of it's true. We don't know. Obviously, there's a lot of things that allude to this being true, but we don't know shit as of right now. Um, that's severely fucked if that's the mm-hmm. case. And boy, oh boy, Nick Hausman, don't you think that will paint Chris in a different light? When did you come to that conclusion? Um, that's not good. That is not good if that's the case. Um, and. There's really no much more to say other than that's severely fucked. And what's also fucked is this man, Tony Khan, you can, you cannot tell me Tony Khan didn't know about this. You cannot tell me he didn't know about this shit. Um, he absolutely knew about it and he's known about this for the better part of five years and has done nothing about it. Um, which again is so beyond fucked. Um, ridiculous man uh absolutely ridiculous if that is the case um and it really goes to show this company may not be much different from from wwe or from the dark parts of wwe after all truly man truly as it doesn't look good man it really doesn't i mean of course no facts or no true evident facts yet but it ain't looking too good. We usually, when there are multiple different people saying the same thing, it doesn't look too good. But we don't know anything for sure yet. Right. But if it is, I feel horrible for Kylie. And that would explain a lot of why she suddenly just left AEW. Yep. And why you suddenly just let somebody leave your company like that. And if it is true, then TK is 100% involved. Because it wouldn't just be with Chris Jericho. It would be with AEW also in terms of some regard because it would have happened at work. And if something at work, something happens at work, that company is involved in whatever transpired. So if it if this did happen, TK 100% has his name somewhere on that NDA. And he would be the biggest liar in all of wrestling. And protruding AEW as this different than 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 wwe company that you know they don't push their guys they don't make them do this they they're the good guys if this is true then you were lying to us the whole time and you're just as fucking just as slimy as those other guys were man but it ain't looking too good um you know obviously you hope it's not true because that would suck for that to have happened to her but if it is that really sucks you know, I would be, you know, my condolences to everyone involved, and I hope it would get solved. I hope at that point you would do what you have to do with Chris Jericho. And, um, but if not, then obviously not. But we won't know the facts. I don't think we ever truly will get this revealed for the next many years. And even if it is, I think Chris Jericho would not be touched in, in AEW. 
Chris Jericho uh, is loved too much by Tony Khan and that company, and I don't think much of what anything would happen to the man, even if this does come out as factual. Yeah, man, absolutely, uh, absolutely. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know, I don't know, man, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about, um, if any, if there is any truth to any of this shit, but. Uh, yeah, like I said, dude, like I said, you know, nothing's for sure. Nothing's for sure. So we're really, uh, right now we're talking in hypotheticals. Um, so yeah, this, uh, for now, nothing's going to happen to him. And, you know, you can debate whether that's right or wrong. Uh, you're, you're, it's, it's really, it's really a uh, stupid argument to have because at the end of the day, there's no facts. There's no facts. This is all rumors. So, but honestly, dude, if any of this stuff were to come out to be true, I really don't think anything would happen to fucking Chris anyway. I really don't think it would, man. I really don't think much of anything would happen to Chris Jericho, and people wanted him to be taken off TV. And whether this is true or not, I think it might have been the smart thing to take him off TV for at least two weeks to a month. Just to, you know, let people not see a guy that's kind of just got accused of something immediately in the top spot. And even just for the people around him's case, like, like Guevara. You know, how bad does it just make Guevara look being around this guy on TV? So, whether it's true or not, I think it might have been a smart idea just to, just to keep him off TV for at least... A week or two, at the very least, man, but it doesn't... Just to let it die down, yeah. Exactly, man, but we don't know. I'm not going to be one of those people that treats it as facts, and I'm not going to be one of those people that treats it as fake. We don't know, and we'll know when we know, man. But in terms of until then, you got to keep your eye out and then be, be on the water. Be on the water. Definitely, man, definitely. And if it is true, I really wonder how much... I really wonder how many people in AEW in that women's division also have similar stories. Cause that's crazy, man. Cause that's crazy. But I don't know. I don't know if, but you know, when the time is right, when the time is right, you know, when the time is right, the, the rat will come into the light. So, you know, we'll, we'll find out eventually. Um, but in terms of our journalists, here you mean to tell me you knew about this shit for five years but decide to bring it up when it benefits you literally like you obviously my bad in a term of case oh you're good bless you terms of cases technically you're not supposed to yeah that shit's always a mixed bag because legally you're kind of are supposed to reveal that at least to law enforcement but you know, you don't want to just go throw out someone's personal, you know, events like that out of the willy-nilly just because they might not want to. But then you just do it anyway because you're in an argument with someone that you're not even in. You just want to look like a, like a hero, so you just bring it up to make, make him look bad, and you look like this great person for bringing that up. You're just a, you're, you're a shitty person for doing that, Mr. Nick Hausman. 100%. 100%, dude. And then... And then to go back, to go back and say, uh, oh, you know, 
to to go and backtrack on uh to go and backtrack on on what uh on what you said i mean dude again to sit there and, and know about this stuff and i get it i get a lot of these guys are sworn to secrecy for for certain stuff to see if they can be trusted with certain stuff i get it i get it but to ultimately just bring it up out of the fucking blue because he blocked you and you were mad at him. I mean, fucking grow up, man. Uh, like, dude, you're supposed to be a journalist. You're supposed to be one of the most mature people in media. And you are the most immature person in media. Like, come on, dude. Yeah, so I think, you know, what we learned from this is that Nick Hausman is a complete idiot. And... Don't make the same mistake you did with Enzo Amore. So until you got facts on the table, so you know exactly. that's 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 kind of I mean that's that's kind of the mindset going into all these situations. Obviously, I want to reiterate again because don't make me bring our disclaimer back uh, for Eric Young. But you know everything we just spoke is of the rumor and of the hypothetical. So it is what it is, man. It is what it is. So. You know. That's the news. Uh, well, that's the rumors on Chris Jericho and, and all the allegations uh, surrounding him. But what I really want to unpack here is Tony Khan. Fucking guy. Tony Khan's sitting here on his media scrum for uh, World's End. And the same day all this stuff comes out, this man proceeds to give one of the absolute dumbest statements I've ever heard in my entire life. And this isn't even, this isn't even, golly, this isn't even regarding the Chris Jericho stuff. It didn't make it better that these allegations came out literally earlier the, the same day. So... In response to a question regarding concerns over wrestler safety backstage at AEW, Tony Khan said, It's something we're very serious about, and we've had a policy in place at any time, uh, <clears throat> at any time there's anything like that we make sure uh, we can do anything to prevent it. Okay. Uh no. Uh, AEW has the best safety record, I believe, of any pro wrestling company in the world. I believe we have the most safe environment and best safety record. I would hold the uh, I would hold. Ugh, golly, I lost where I was. I would hold. I would hold the record on uh, on safety. I would hold the record on, bro, golly, okay, I would hold the record on safety against any wrestling company in the world, I think AEW is the safest place for pro wrestling, if any of our pro wrestlers have any concerns, they always have an open line to talk to me, I believe anyone would sit here and tell you that they can always talk to me at any time. Uh, at any time they're concerned about anything. If anything comes to light, 
if anything comes to light to me, I take I take it to our disciplinary disciplinary committee, and our disciplinary committee has done a great job. First of all, Mr. Tony Khan, you didn't have a disciplinary committee until like three months ago. And second of all, that was one of the most unsafe backstage environments in wrestling. You got motherfuckers fighting each other over fucking simple-ass beefs. You have fucking people lunging at the CEO, bro. Didn't just three, four months ago, you never felt more unsafe at a wrestling show in your life? What are you talking about, dude? Shit like that is so ridiculous to say. And again, sure, the allegations didn't help, but not even looking at the allegations. You have the, so you have the safest environment of any wrestling company, yet CM Punk's lunging at you, CM Punk's choking out and punching Jack Perry, CM Punk's sucker punching the elite, the fucking CM Punk's on your media scrum, calling fucking one of your top stars an empty-headed fucking dumb fuck, uh, fucking... You got Eddie Kingston's pie-facing Sammy Guevara in the face. Not to mention he's fucking fighting Andrade. Huh? Literally. Like, Andrade was fighting folks, and he just left on his own accord a fucking year later. <laughs> like, like, what? It's You're not the safest company. You're quite the opposite. You got folks boxing backstage. You got, at one point, it was a producer throwing a chair at, at somebody and biting them and biting somebody else in the same probably three minutes of an event like that place was a fucking war zone for the last two years why do you think their reputation why do you think AEW's loss of reputation was on my fucking letdown of the year Same. because they fucking let me down by their backstage environment like motherfuckers arguing you got people you got backstage politics playing the fucking place A.R. Fox can't make one show, and he's completely, essentially blacklisted from creative. Damn near. Yep. You got fucking Thunder Rosa coming back, finally, after all this time, to Collision, doing a random-ass nothing storyline solely because people don't like her in the locker room, and they like, and Tony Khan likes those people more than her. So she could just be on the B show, on the C show, just because they don't like her. So much backstage politics, fighting, literal physical violence backstage. Bullying. You are bullying out the ass. You're e- like it's like Bell says, your EVPs, your executive vice presidents were boxing folks in the back. Dog, you are not the safest company. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly, bro. Um Just try to think of the entire reason you started a disciplinary committee is because your backstage environment is not safe. It's a fucking war zone back there, like Sir K saying. Not to mention, Sammy Guevara's fighting people. Eddie Kingston. Andrade's fighting people. Motherfuckers are showing up to the arena to solely fight somebody. You get Andrade showing up to work to fucking fight Sammy Guevara. Not to put on a great show, he showed up to work to fight someone. 
Come on, bro. Your fucking personal podcast bitching about the creative. Fucking apparently right now on fucking Twitter, it really doesn't involve the backstage AEW environment, but more a of stupid fucking drama of an AEW guy. Matt Hardy apparently, from the looks of it, him and Re- Revy are done, and they're fucking blasting the man on Twitter and fucking TikTok for it. They're blasting Tony Khan. No, they're blasting Matt Hardy. Oh, Rebby, Rebby and Matt Hardy are done, so she's blasting Matt. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Like, it just doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. You know, man, safest environment of any wrestling Ooh. company, my ass. If your environment was safe, people wouldn't be fighting at all. When do you mm-hmm. hear about this in WWE? When? Yeah, if you hear, you know, found someone will mention a couple months later. Yeah, that they got an argument that, you know, they kind of got mad at each other or were up at each other's grills. But you don't got folks fucking <laughs> squaring hands backstage, bro. Talking about riot gear. Literally, Bell. You have to wear fucking advanced riot gear just to fucking walk to your locker room and walk to your match. Oh, my God. Like, like what the fuck? You got to dress like fucking, like, Deathstroke from fucking D.C. just to fucking... <clears throat> Go to Tony Khan's office. <clears throat> Dude. Exactly. Exactly, Bill. Exactly. Uh, but for real, Bill, you cannot be making me laugh like this with this congestion. That is not boding well. Um, Golly, riot gear. Riot <laughs> 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 gear? <laughs> 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 fucking might as well, bro. Fucking pull up like a fucking member of the shield and shit. The fuck? <clears throat> Why do you think fucking Moxley was dre- had a fucking Jason Todd attire? He's got to prepare for fucking the, the AEW environment he's coming <laughs> back to. Not to mention, fucking the interview before CM Punk came back to the company. This was even before. This was post All Out, or this was post Brawl Out. You would think this man would be on his best behavior. Nope. This man fucking comes out there and he's fucking talking shit about. Fucking calling William Regal stooge, calling Jericho stooge, calling fucking John Moxley an idiot for his Rocky Three story. He's calling fucking uh, uh. God. I think it was, I think it was Moxley calling him an idiot for the Rocky story. Cause no, it was Punk. Because yeah. Punk never watched any of the Rockies, and Moxley came to him with the Rocky idea, and he thought it was oh. Punk said he thought it was stupid. Okay, because I remember Mox was also talking about on some interview where he was talking about how, like, how are you this, like, mark for the 80s and you never seen a fucking Rocky movie in your life. Right. Like, bro, you got people just are, you got people arguing about Rocky movies in the back. <laughs> Come on. <sighs> you don't fucking like that movie, you motherfucker. Come here. That's what the AEW locker room is safest environment of any wrestling company meanwhile he answers these questions with tony storm's hat and glasses on way to make again tony way to make a complete ass out of yourself nice and in, in the middle of him talking he was our head of pr or somewhere or head of hr came up to him and took it off for him because he was just talking <laughs> dude imagine having that job 
the fucking department head of, of HR and PR in AEW, I would quit. Oh my god, human resources has got to be a fucking mess. Oh that my god. got to be ringing like a motherfucker back there. Talking about safest environment backstage. It ain't, it ain't the safest environment backstage or in the ring, neither. <sighs> yeah, well, you got fucking Penta just fucking dropping people on their leg and shit. <laughs> fucking Ray <laughs> Phoenix fucking, fucking dropping bro on his head. Fucking still going with the fucking pile driver finish after bro was concussed. Come on, dude. <sighs> Unbelievable. Unfucking believable, man. So, yeah, that's the news on AEW being the safest environment in professional wrestling, and their their record for being the safest environment in professional wrestling. You got a fucking record, all right. Good going, Tony. Good fucking going. Speaking of AEW, the AEW Championship. There has been uh, what seems to be a leaked. Photo of the new AEW World Championship design. This belt includes side plates and the main AEW logo right on the front. As we have a picture for you guys. Here it is. Uh, as you can see, the globes on the side plates look like they have screws. So it looks like those are going to be interchangeable side plates like WWE's title. Good. Hopefully they're going to actually start selling shit like side plates. Because I know they sell the nameplates, but I think they only sell like three nameplates for people. I think they sell Punks, Moxes, and Jerichos. I think that's it. Good lord. Well, it still does look like it has the little nameplate, too. Which is good, too. I like. I always like the nameplate. I don't like the plaque behind the logo. I think that looks horrendous. But... I get what it does to make people look at the logo better, but, like, you could have blended it in a little better. Bro, I fucking hate that ginormous black background. If it didn't have the black background, it probably would look cool, cooler. I mean, this doesn't look god-awful, but what the fuck do you need a giant AEW logo with the fucking with a black background, I mean, dude, that's they all. AEW fans always make fun of WWE for doing shit like this. Oh, they just slapped the logo right on the front of everything, and here they oh, go dude, doing the same the fucking thing. About this fucking about this leaked image is um all the AEW fucking elitists are like, well, is WWE used to do it for a reason, and so you know people look at the logo and know it's and know it's AEW. Dog, this is what you hated that company for. Now you're saying that it's okay because your favorite company's doing it? It does it's not okay. It looks ugly. Like it come does. on, bro. It doesn't come need on. it. It still said AEW in the middle. But like, I heard though that this is just an image of the title they gave the fucking football player or whatever. That one guy. I fucking hope so, because golly, it's, if this is anything of what Samoa Joe carries around, that fucking sucks. I hope not. I hope this is just the title they give out to, you know, random celebrities and shit to, to advertise the company. Right. Hopefully. It would not hit. Hopefully. Exactly, Bill. Like, come on. Like, 
If anything, just just highlight the logo more on the current AEW title, and you're fine. You really don't have to change anything. Seriously, seriously, bro. So that's the look on uh, what the AEW champion, the new AEW championship, could look like, man. And I fucking hope not. Speaking of AEW, MJF. MJF has been removed from AEW's roster page and his words are to be believed he is now and if his words are to be believed he is now a free agent there were rumors that he quietly resigned with AEW a while ago however as he is expected to be taking a break following World's End we may not find out for some time that's exactly what they're going to do they're going to play it up as if he's out of the company and they they you know pushed him out of the company or whatever and uh He's going to come back and it's going to, you know, he's going to break the news that he re-signed or whatever so he could finish off Adam Cole and finish whatever they got going on. And that's what's going to happen. But I love AEW. I, I love how they're uh, keeping uh, keeping up with keeping up with some kayfabe, man. Exactly, man. People are people are, you know, shitting on the fact that they're keeping up kayfabe. But like you people want people want these companies to keep up kayfabe. But when they do, you say. Oh, just give up on already. No one believes it. Yeah, is it not believable at all? I would say. But at least we're fucking still keeping up with it. I like that. Right. I like that they didn't just give up on it. Especially after Wednesday with that one line that fucking Adam Cole gives, gave. He's definitely fucking re-signed. But like, let us at least try to believe. Definitely, bro. Definitely. Yeah, I mean... Good old, good old AEW fans. Good old AEW fans. I hate them more than anything. Speaking of Adam Cole, Adam Cole's likely status for AEW's next pay-per-view. While speaking on the Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer noted that Adam Cole likely will not be cleared to wrestle by March. He the injury he sustained at Grand Slam was legit. He is not okay to compete. He says, and I quote, I have no impression that Adam Cole will be ready by March 3rd. He might be, but it's certainly not anything that I expect. I don't know uh I don't know that it's two I don't know that it's two more months. I get the impression that it's longer. No one has given me a time frame, though, uh, even though I've been in touch with people on it. No one has given me a time frame. And again, this is one thing that kind of does scare me a little bit about the relevancy of the Undisputed Kingdom is if Adam Cole's not there and if he's kind of just trotting along on his fucking crutches, I'm a little afraid that the the story, uh, the, the it might it might die, and by the time MJF and Adam Cole are cleared, the group's going to have no more momentum. Typical Tony Khan. I feel like it. I think when he comes back to the ring, he'll have momentum. And like, I think Roddy will be able to keep up with himself, and eventually when they get Kyle back, that might help the group a little bit. But I'm telling you, man, those two, the fucking kingdom, I forget their actual names, they're going to be the ones slacking behind everybody else. I really feel like it. And I think that group is going to be brought down just that I don't think it'll be completely irrelevant, but it won't be what they are now by the time he comes back. Exactly. 
Exactly, man. So, yeah, that's the news on Adam Cole's injury status. And now on to some uh, New Japan news before we get down to our final WWE stories for the day. All right, man. So, former WWE star Dolph Ziggler has shown up alongside his brother, uh, to sit ringside at Wrestle uh, at Wrestle Kingdom, eighteen man. As you can see the picture here, you can see Ryan Nemeth next to him, and Nick Nemeth, Dolph Ziggler, really pulled up in AEW. Man, he faced off with David Finley. He cut a kick ass fucking yeah. promo. Where did he, where did I say? He said AEW. God shit. Uh, Nick Nemeth really pulled up. <laughs> To New Japan Pro Wrestling, to Wrestle Kingdom, alongside his brother Ryan Nemeth, he had a face-off with David Finley and cut a killer-ass promo uh, regarding the IWGP Global Championship, man. And I'm pumped for him, and I think he's going to fucking blow it out of the water, man. I really, really do. I think so. I think he's going to go nuts over there, man. And I'm excited to see how he goes, man. I hope he does well. Um, he had to bring his fucking, he had to drag his brother along with him. Um, his mom really hit that. You, if you want to go, you have to bring your brother with you. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where New Japan didn't even tag Ryan Nemeth in that post about them being there. Um, so I'm excited for, I'm excited for him, man. Um, I think he's going to go great. And I really can't, just can't wait to see how he does over there, man. What he wins, what he faces, um, especially with other people. That are you know on the scene right now, like you get the Mustafa Ali, Nick Nemeth match and New Japan. I'd watch the fuck out of that shit. Definitely, bro. Definitely, man. And uh, you know, one of the funniest things about it to me was when he stood up and went after David Finley. This man Ryan Nemeth like got out of the way so quick, just like. Oh, and then if somebody starts punching my brother. I'm fucking jumping right in that shit. Like, no, we're beating the fuck out of his ass. And, but like, this man, Ryan Nemeth, was just fucking standing there. Just dream on face to look at his fucking brother fucking scrapping. I would get if, you know, they would have showed, you know, Dolph just going over like, I got this, I got this. And then does that. But like, I just started doing it. Someone just started fucking tossing hands with my brother if I had one. I'd fucking, I do. But I would fucking start tossing his back. It could, it could be fucking Bobby Lashley punching somebody. I'm fucking throwing a couple punches in there, bro. I'm trying to do something. It was just staying there, dream on face. Oh, fucking hilarious, yeah. bro. So, so yeah, man. Um, yeah, but for real though, Nick Nemeth, dude, I think he's going to do fucking great. And then that reminded me. Oh yeah. I did expect him to show up at World's End, and he never did. Gah fucking Damn. Lee. Which, in a way, is good. I'm glad people are hitting the indies first before they're even thinking about going to AEW. Exactly. But also, it does not make AEW look that much better. Because if it was 2021, he would have went straight to AEW. No doubt oh, yeah. about it. So it's kind of it's kind of a double-edged sword. And it's good that it's not happening, that it didn't happen in a way, but it doesn't look good for the fucking company. Yep. And with that as well, at New Year's Dash, during a pre-recorded promo segment, 
Matt Riddle made his New Japan Pro Wrestling debut, calling out and challenging New Japan Pro Wrestling's world television champion, the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Bro, Tana versus Matt Riddle, ace versus bro. Come on, dude. The king of bros is back. He's another one. Uh, If he can keep right within himself, he's going to fucking, he's going to do great. He's going to do freaking fantastic. It definitely, definitely, man. Definitely. I hope it does. And I heard Mario was talking and he said he's tired of doing all that goofy stuff around his character. And he just wants to be himself, man. And I'm excited to see how it goes. Fucking Bell, I told you. I told you you can't be making me laugh. <laughs> just let him get their ass beat. <laughs> well, sometimes people need that lesson, but. Sometimes, bro. Sometimes. Sometimes. sometimes watch someone get whooped and be like, you know what? Just I'm going to let them learn that lesson. <laughs> Like, yeah, he is the fucking president. I keep forgetting that. That's right, President Tana. President Ace. Hey, you. You heard what they're calling Charlie Dempsey in fucking all Japan? They call him the Ace of NXT. Huh, kind of cool. Kind of dig it, but, I mean, he's kind of just started. I don't think they know what Ace is, but... It's it's a cool nickname for him, nonetheless. Well, according to, according to our manager, he is he is getting a lot better, and apparently he's really fun to watch now. I haven't watched him, but according to Logan, he's actually a lot of fun to watch. So, I I, I do wonder though how that looked for the rest of the NXT roster. That out of all the people that get sent to Japan, it's William Regal's son. Yeah, this probably yeah. I think that probably started a couple, you know. Not beefs, but like, come this on, guys. bro. Yeah, yeah, I could see that starting a little bit of that. Because I mean, even yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd probably feel a little bit of some type of way if I was backstage there. If I was putting it on the working bro. Just kind of, it just gets it. Like, mm. and I know, I know your dad is a stooge, according to some people. But right, come right, on, right. man. Same guy that's working with him now. So yeah, now he's back stooging apparently. Exactly. I see him puck stooging right with him. So, <laughs> so oh, yeah, I man. Anything, dude. Oh, I need so, it. Oh, yeah. Cause oh. now he could be on TV. I was gonna say Regal could be that man's GM one day. Oh, I need oh, that dude, interaction. I, I need the fucking interaction, man. No, but I think, sweet. I think with Charlie's style, uh, at least a little bit I've seen of him, I do think he was the right guy to send to Japan. But I think. So. But I, I, you know, I'm just talking about how that looks to the looks rest of the roster. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure that. So I, I mean, I would probably feel some type of way a little bit if I was back there. So I mean, it goes both ways. I think they picked overall a, a solid, right person. But I would definitely feel some type of way if I was back there. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Who's, who's even in the other group besides him? I think it's like who's Drew Gulak. And, he's still uh, employed? Yes. He's, I think he does a lot of like coach work now. I was going to say, I thought he was just like a coach and producer at this point. Fucking hell. Oh, yeah. crew. Fucking dude, I want to know who Sean's team is, bro. I need oh, to dude. meet these people. So, oh, moving on, man. 
according to uh, Boozer Wrestling, WrestleMania 41 or 42 will be held international outside of the U.S. Hey, man. Huh. This is interesting. I'm going to let my personal bias get ahead of me here, 100%. At least one of those better fucking go to, to Minneapolis, Minnesota. Thing, At thing least is, one of them. If London comes before Minnesota, what do we do? I don't know, man. Tickets to London from Chicago. Hold up. How much are they? Uh-oh. The boy got to gotta do some, some price checking real okay. quick. Okay. So, from London, or from Chicago to London, round trip economy, it is... 604 USD. Oh. For the cheapest seat. Not horrible. Not insanely horrible, but still, that's a good chunk of change. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I honestly <laughs> thought you were going to tell me like $1,000 or something like that, but. The most expensive one I see is 929 But. Also, the date would matter too. I would assume it would go up a little bit if everyone's getting tickets around that time too, so. Right. I would be guessing like around eight, seven hundred. Right. Shit, even I'm down. I don't know, man. That's that that that'll be an interesting crossroads to come at, uh, for sure, for sure. But one of those. I'm listen to music over there. I think I'll be fine. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> one of those better go to fucking Minnesota, and it better be fucking WrestleMania 41. It I'm better be. You, Especially because at this point, the Raw that's in March, I'm pretty sure is basically sold out at this point. So if it gets announced that it isn't coming to Minnesota anytime soon, and we could have went to that, I would be pissed. Seriously, bro. Seriously. Uh, I literally think it's like, basically, like, they have like 30 tickets left for that show. That's insane. That's insane. Motherfuckers. Why do you have to get good? That good all of a sudden, where tickets are a bitch. Seriously, bro. But, but, you know, Bell, if it is there, instead of four of us, there might be five. You might have to tag along with us to show us around the city, because, golly, I'm going to be in uncharted territories. (laughs) We walk around, fucking walking on the wrong side of the sidewalk, and we walk straight into head-on traffic and shit. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it might be, bro. It might be. So you can't let us get a rental car over there. I mean, drive. Oh, I'm not driving. Fuck no. Oh hell no. <laughs> no, because I know damn well my ass is gonna get on the right side of the road, and I'm gonna fucking be driving into oncoming traffic. So no. uh, I don't know, bro. I don't I'm know. I will be frightened, shit. I will be fucking frightened, bro. Shit. Hell no. Yeah, I, I swear to you, I'm biking or walking everywhere. Ain't no way. Ain't no fucking way. So, I don't know. 
I ain't done that for years. I'm gonna be fucking crash my ass off. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We got to figure it out, but I don't know, man. We'll see. I just hope one of them goes to. Uh, I I just hope uh one of them goes to Minnesota. Um, when you say our cars on the other side of the road, do you mean? Our cars or our cars? Because we do have different cars. We our our driving system is opposite. You guys drive forward on the left side of the road, and we drive forward on the right side of the road. I would be intrigued though to sit on the sit to drive on the right side of the car. I always dig that. I think that's cool as shit. I love when people add them shits in America. Yeah, yeah, like the mailman. They look pretty cool. Yeah. Like, that shit's kind of neat. But, uh, man, driving like a motherfucker. Oh, I didn't even think I would have to drive on the right side of the road. Yeah, Bell, you might. If we do drive anywhere, Bell, you may have to drive because I will get us killed. <laughs> I swear to God, I'll get us killed. I, <laughs> that will not that will not bode well for fucking for me and whatsoever. So, yes. So, yeah. So, with us, we drive left side of the car, but right side of the road forward. You guys are the exact opposite. Right side of the car, left side of the road forward. So, fuck that. I, I'll i be... I'll be driving like fucking Jeff Hardy out there, bro. Ain't no fucking way. So, we were like, we were driving like Jeff just fine, trying to find parking in fucking United Center half the time. Let alone doing that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm telling you right now, I will get us killed if I drive. <laughs> so maybe good old uh, manager Logan will have to drive. Maybe Kate the Great will have to drive. We'll test test somebody else's skills because I am not confident in mine. I will get us all killed before WrestleMania. Your boy over here, I got dyslexia. I've dialed 100% drive on the wrong side of the road every time. And... Sir K's Easy. got mad road rage, so he's never in the conversation for driving. Never, what? never. I, that's why I didn't need not. I, that's why I didn't even mention. That's why I didn't even mention his name. Oh my god! Go, All right, Bell's out of the conversation too. So Sir K and Bell are immediate outs. So it's really between me. Uh, it's really between me, Logan, and Kate the Great, and fucking by God, let's just walk, please. <laughs> I got it. I got y'all. <laughs> Absolutely not. You with road rage and the complete opposite of driving? Fuck no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You don't openly get mad at the person. I get mad in the vehicle. You don't openly get mad at the person? I do, but I don't, you know, make them known about it. You know what I mean? You don't make, so, so you don't make them known about it. So flipping somebody off isn't making somebody known that you're pissed off at them. It is a rare occurrence. That only happens when they are driving really badly. And at that point, you deserve it. Now, some people be crazy with that shit, though. I ain't that bad. Yeah, some yeah, motherfuckers he, be yelling yeah, out the window. Sir K is, isn't, yeah, he's not that bad, but... I, I'll I her off. Yes, uh, trust me. You don't have to tell me. Um, so, <laughs> so, so, so... I'm saying that stop signs out there. I'm good. But I don't know what's going to happen, but hopefully we don't all die if that's the case. But um, regardless, regardless, WWE commentary. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't have to wear a vest. Exactly. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll probably wear my shisey no matter what. So we'll oh, see. Fuck, we'll see, Same. bro. So, so I don't think they'll be my... very scared of yours. But, but, hey, I got the best homemade balaclava in the world. It's a little, little cross-eyed, but it's oh, fine. Man. You won't notice it. The whole point of this whole show was to get me to laugh not much and here i am fucking laughing my ass off this is ridiculous so moving on man the commentary teams for your shows uh there you go there you, yes yes may, may, maybe we will have somebody drive all of us around look at logan Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that man was road rage. Oh, God. You do it all that. Oh, just fuck. Peace just because you're mad. I, would, I have to know what that person did to him. Oh, it's probably he the most, like, like basic thing. Like, he probably just cut him off. Yeah, he probably just fucking cut him off and he just fucking absolutely livid. Fucking throwing the piece up. Oh, strap wheeler. Love it. Love it. Oh, guns are illegal? Are guns illegal oh, out yeah. here? No, right? No, not at all. But in the UK, it's like, them bitches are tough to get. Really? Like, oh yeah, it's not, that's not a thing to own. Why do you think knife crime so bad out there? It's, it's only open they got. Oh, shit. I never knew that. I never knew that. I don't know why yeah, the fuck I asked. Issues, I don't know why the fuck I asked if guns were legal out here, knowing damn well on the way to my gym I pick fucking pass a gun store every fucking day. I'm not <laughs> every fucking five blocks. Yeah, literally. I don't know. It's a stupid question, but uh, so WWE is returning to the two-man commentary booth per PW Insider, meaning Michael Cole's time on SmackDown has come to an end. This sucks because he's the saving grace. Well, him and Corey Graves being that Kevin Patrick is on SmackDown. So on Raw, it will be Michael Cole and Wade Barrett. On NXT, it will remain uh, Vic Joseph and Booker T. And on SmackDown, it will be Kevin Patrick and Corey Graves. Hey, not looking too hot for SmackDown. Bless you. I'm not going to lie, man. I really hope at some point this year we get Marl back, man. I really fucking hope so. Because him on SmackDown again, man. Ooh, it'd be beautiful. Well, I have to mix it up because yeah, I don't know if you want him and Corey next to each other. So I would probably say, you know, move it around, make it better. But you can make it work, and I hope they get him back one day. But SmackDown team ain't looking too hot, in my opinion. No, not at all. Uh, I mean, if 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 Morrow and Corey buried the hatchet. I think that mm-hmm. would, you know, be. I think they would be a great commentary team. First of all, I think commentary wise, they would do well, really well together. It's just, you yeah. know, yeah, drama. Yeah, exactly. But maybe we move past all that, and I mean, you know, Corey Graves. When Corey Graves was talking about his beef with CM Punk, which happened around the same time with the beef with Morrow, uh, he, yep. you know, was talking like he's, you know, he's basically a a new man now. He's basically a new man oh. now. Um, so maybe, maybe him and Morrow can, can bury the hatchet and Corey seems like a really good dude, man. So maybe he could be good for, uh, in helping Morrow Ronaldo get through a lot of the struggles that he gets through. So <clears throat> yeah, Morrow is one of the greatest commentators of all time. My personal favorite commentator of all time is Morrow Ronaldo. Um, I think he's mm-hmm. fantastic. 
but uh dude i mean uh you could do you know uh Mauro Ronaldo and Wade Barrett on one show, Corey and um uh Corey and Michael on the other, and then for pay-per-views you could do Mauro, Corey, Michael. Uh yeah, that would be perfect. Yeah, that really would be perfect. But uh there's nothing wrong with any of these commentary teams, uh other than the SmackDown one, really. Um well I mean NXT commentary no. yeah. I, I hear is pretty fucking bad, but um Yeah. But I mean, it's NXT. Half of the team exactly. is bad down there, so it's kind of just blends in at that point. But it's not that the SmackDown team is bad, but it's kind of just like Kevin Patrick is not really, not really too hot. No, you don't do it for me, man. Corey's good. I like Corey. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Kevin Patrick, it just, I just don't think he's built for it. You almost feel bad for Corey in a sense because kind of got to pick up the slack. He has to do the work for two men. Essentially, basically, to be honest. So that, that kind of does suck. But um, yeah, I don't think it'll be bad. It's just going to be a lot of work. You're going to hear more Corey Graves than anything on commentary for SmackDown now. Right. Yeah, he uh, he has to do play-by-play and ad color. So, and then NXT. And think about NXT commentary. It, for me, it's so bad, it's fucking fantastic. Because they oh, sound goodness. so stupid on the mic, like, oh, it, like Vic and Booker T. Oh, dude, they're both so horrendous. It's it's almost one of my favorite parts whenever I do watch NXT clips. It really is. Oh, I love it, dude. It's literally just them just saying shit. Fucking Booker's saying his stupid ass catchphrases, twenty four seven, just reacting. Um, Vic is just. Saying shit is it's, it's quite it's just, ah, oh just my god in. oh it's <laughs> fucking reacting to random nothing seriously bro seriously man so with the next piece of news we got money in the bank oh dang it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, she. Yeah. She kind of pops out here, so yeah. quite literally. So. Yes, it, it does pop out here, a hundred percent. Especially Chicago. Especially, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. we live so, in one of the fucking one of the prime areas of that. So yeah, you go it's to crazy. you go to certain parts of Chicago. Certain parts of St. Louis is really bad with gun violence. Uh, violence in general. Uh, Memphis is pretty bad. Um. Damn shit, Detroit. My guy motherfucker stealing concrete stair steps out there and shit. <laughs> wild, bro. <laughs> it's wild as hell. Uh, yeah, but yeah, shit definitely pops out here. And that, yeah, Chicago's Chicago's up there for sure. So, but anyways, Triple H has announced that this year's Money in the Bank will take place from the Scotiabank Arena. Or as I like to call it, the Air Canada Center, the original name for the show, uh, or the original mm-hmm. name for the arena, uh, in Toronto, Canada. He announced uh, not just Money in the Bank, but Money in the Bank weekend as he uh, put out this image for the uh, for the event. I love how he has uh, uh, the Money in the Bank. I, I like the graphic here. It's got the Money in the Bank briefcases hanging from the, uh, what the fuck is that monument called? 
uh, goddamn, the Toronto, ah, what the hell is it called? Uh, no clue what that fucking thing is called. The, what, dude, oh, this is gonna kill me. Hold on, hold on, hold on, quick Google search. Someone's gotta open Google, hold up. Dude, it's right on the tip of my tongue. It's going to kill me. Oh, dude. What the hell? Is it just called the Canada Tower? I feel like it had an... The CN Tower. I feel like that wasn't the name for it, though. I guess it is the CN. I guess. I I like how they have... Regardless, I like how they have that hanging from the CN Tower. I think that's a really cool, really cool touch. But anyways, on to the actual news. Friday, July 5th, we have SmackDown from the Scotiabank Arena. Saturday, July 6th, we have Money in the Bank from uh, Scotiabank Arena as well. And then Sunday, NXT gets the fucking leftovers uh, from uh, for NXT Heat Wave on July 7th. So these are your events for Money in the Bank weekend this year, and I'm excited for it. I love it. I love going inter- I love when they go international. I love it, man. I could see why you call it the the Drake Tower because of the views from the Six album for sure. Do you think do you think you're confusing it with the Space Needle, the tower from uh, Seattle? I might be, I might be confusing it with that. Because that one looks pretty similar overall in design. It's like a just like sticking tower, circle, tower again, and that's called the Space Needle. So you're probably confusing it with that. Yeah, man. What a year for music that was, bro. The year views from the six came out and fucking Drake sitting off the fucking edge of the CN Tower. Ah, beautiful. She was, she was insane, man. She was beautiful. She was an insane year, bro. Insane year. Insane, a pretty good year for music. And yeah, I definitely see why you call it the Drake Tower. Because every time I think of that tower, I think of that album cover. 100%. On 100%. Definitely, man. But I'm excited. I think they picked a good location yeah. for... um. For Money in the Bank, man, and I can't wait to see who's going to win this year, man. Definitely, man, definitely. And with the final piece of news for today's episode of the news, this is breaking as of while World's End was on on the air. Kevin Dunn has informed WWE that he will be leaving the company per PW Insider Dunn, the Beaver, who is the executive producer and chief of global television distribution has been with the company since 1984. He's been with the company since WrestleMania one and he, he has pretty much been through this whole thing with Vince McMahon. There's rumors going around that they asked him to stay past WrestleMania 40 and be done after WrestleMania 40. But he said, no, he said, no, he wanted out immediately as he felt like he was, Losing control, which you could see that 
uh, we didn't think about it at the time, but when that news came out of Triple H taking over production in the past couple, in the last minutes of Survivor Series before CM Punk came out, there's all the all the proof you could see right there, man. Is Vince used to put the production on done, uh, and here Triple H is taking it away from him and taking it over himself. Exactly, man, which I'm happy for. I'm glad they're doing it like that. Um, I think Kevin Dunn overstayed his welcome in the company. I think he got really sloppy at the end with the fucking camera cuts. Um, so I'm, I'm glad. I, I think they wanted to have him wait so Triple H can really find his replacement and have right. him set up for when he leaves. So I think it's I think they're going to be kind of scrambling right now, which sucks. But they're going to figure it out. And I'm glad, man. Good on both parties. I guess good for Kevin Dunn. He made his money. He left. Um, and good for WWE. That production is going to get even better than it already is. Yes, because if Triple H gets any of the people that he had helping him run black and gold, they will be just fine. But I will say this. Uh, you know, I know we like to make fun of Kevin Dunn a lot and all that good stuff. But uh, for real... He he had yeah, he had a great run, he had a great mm-hmm. run uh, for a lot of years. For a lot of years, he he is responsible for that WWE production being what it is. Um, it, he he is uh, a lot of the, you know, I'm sure a lot of the things we complain about in AEW about them immediately cutting to somebody else's entrance music. That shit we never had to worry about in WWE because mm-hmm. of somebody like Kevin Dunn. So. We give Kevin Dunn a lot of slack because he's said and done a lot of horrible things uh, and and probably been responsible for ruining some people's careers. Uh, but in yeah. terms of what he did as production, uh, he, for a lot of years, like Sir K said, man, during the end, shit got really sloppy. Uh, it really did. Uh, but Kevin Dunn, uh, for real, uh, a lot of these moments that you see a lot of these moments of the years that we per, uh, that we put on the nominees and that we have win the categories, a lot of that shit was at the production of Kevin Dunn, man. Um, you look at the mm-hmm. fest, the, the festival family. of friendship. Yes, the, mm-hmm. I was just gonna mention that the Sami Zayn, uh, the Sami Zayn turn. A lot of that stuff was produced by Kevin Dunn, so you got to give props where props are due. Um, and you know. You know, you guys know we're always gonna do that. Um, you know, not the not the not a big fan of some of the stuff he did for production, but in terms of a lot of the stuff he did for production, that's what we grew up on, and that is what almost all we know in professional wrestling. And it's crazy that Kevin Dunn is finally uh, gone from WWE because his replacement was supposed to be Michael Manzuri. And now he's in AEW. He's doing all right in AEW, but they have a lot of production duds in AEW. And I don't know if that's, you know, Mansuri just, uh, I don't know if that's just him getting used to it and kind of trying to see, I don't know, maybe it's different from WWE. So it's a little, it's a little bit of a learning curve for him to get used to or, I don't know what the problem is, but AEW does have a lot of production fuck-ups uh, in their Thank production. You, I think it's the chain of command with Tony Khan. That's the main reason behind it. Um, I'm sure in WWE, you need a camera crew to do this. 
you go send them out. You need someone to do this, you go send them out with Tony Khan. It's probably a fucking process to do any of that fucking shit. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. So, you know, in terms of certain aspects, I'm very glad Kevin Dunn is leaving. And if there's any indication that Triple H, the Triple H takeover is for real this time, I think this is it. I think this is it, man. Exactly. They never really liked each other from everything we always heard. And I think that reigns true here. Absolutely, man. So I'm excited to see who Triple H is going to bring in uh, as a part of his team to run the production. And um, if it's somebody that did learn from Kevin Dunn, but, you know, stays tame on certain aspects like camera cutting and all that good and piped in crowd noises, they'll be just fine. Because, like I said, I don't want to completely act like Kevin Dunn is the worst fucking producer of all time. He's a great producer. He is yeah. a lot of things. Like I said, a lot of things during our childhood, a lot of those moments that we remember from our childhood, they were produced by Kevin mm-hmm. Dunn. So you got to give credit to where credit is due. But personally, man, right now in the year 2023 or 2024 now, I really think it's best that he 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 does part ways with the company because it's, it's definitely time for uh, some new and fresh production on their product. I think so. I think it is. And I can't wait to see how, how it gets produced after he leaves, man. Definitely, man. Definitely. So, yeah, man. That is going to do it for this edition of the Notorious Hills Podcast, man. You guys absolutely, absolutely are the best, man. Absolutely are the best. I really tried so hard not to laugh too much on this fucking show. And you guys absolutely cracked me up. So, I got to fucking thank you guys for that. Um, I got to thank you guys for that, man. So, uh, with that... That is going to do it for this edition of the Detroit Seals Podcast, man. Thank you to everybody who showed up, man. Anthony Bell, JT, Pops, Durante, Logan. Thank you guys so much all for being here. You guys are the best. And, uh, yeah, man, thank you guys so much. Um, and it has been always, always a pleasure for my Johnny Mayhem. And that is going to do it for this edition of the Detroit Seals Podcast. Thank you guys so very much. So very much for joining us today. This has been episode 195. Thank you guys so very much. Thank you guys. We love you guys. Please like, comment, and subscribe. And we will see you guys on Monday with Notorious Unscripted. Peace. Yeah, man.